This is a HeadGum Podcast. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. May 10th, 1869 marked the first completed transcontinental railroad route in the United States. The massive expansion of the nation's rail system in the mid-19th century would contribute to a rush of westward migration later romanticized in motion pictures as the Wild West. But it wasn't just the high deserts of California that were affected. Much of the country would be reshaped by the commerce and travel that rail transit would facilitate, and by the establishment of outposts along the many routes crisscrossing the continent. And one of those outposts was the sleepy town of Medford, Wisconsin named for a Massachusetts city of the same name, built straddling the Wisconsin Central Railroad and chosen as the site of a circuit courthouse. The next century, in the 1960s, as the country's rail system, like much of its infrastructure, would be neglected or actively dismantled, brothers Ronald and Pep Symek moved to Medford from Chicago and would take over operating a tavern overlooking a cemetery and named for a grave marker. The brothers lived it up as barkeeps at the spooky speakeasy, until, as legend tells it, Pep suffered a severely broken leg that forced him to ease up on the partying and focus on the tavern's secondary source of revenue, pizza. As Pep's za recipe improved and sales rose, the Cymex started packing their pies in dry ice and delivering them by car to paying customers, to be reheated in home ovens. The take-and-bake concept struck gold like a lucky prospector, and the brothers Symek would leave the bar behind entirely and develop a multi-million dollar frozen pizza empire, which would be sold to Kraft and then Nestle. But the processed food megacorps retained the brand's boneyard of oaking name, and, fitting for a company established in a town founded as a 19th century railway stop, would reference the Wild West in its marketing, most famously in a grim 1990 television commercial, where a captured marshal about to be hanged was asked by his executioner, What do you want on your tombstone? This week on Doughboys, part two of Tombstone Week, as we review Tombstone Pizza. Welcome to Doughboys, the podcast about chain restaurants. I'm Nick Weiger. Alongside my co-host, the star of Honey, I Shrunk My Dick, the Spoon Man, Mike Mitchell. Jesus. Jesus Christ. The person who said that in, uh, sent that in said, don't you dare say my name, love you. So, wanted to stay anonymous, but uh, uh, oh, that was cool, that, this week's roast. Roastspoonman at gmail.com if you have an insult you'd like me to use on Mitch at top of the show. What a good coward. What a fucking coward. Coward. <laughs> they just don't want to be doxxed. They don't want to be doxxed by some toxic Spoon Nation member. Oh, that's fucking bullshit, and you know it. Wags. Honey, you know what? That's not that bad of an insult, because if in that if there, we live in a world where the shrink ray exists, the, then also yes. the, the, the honey I blew up the kid ray also exists. Right. And, and so I'm using that thing on my dick. <laughs> I mean, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it could be that you... You missed, and you already used it on your head. Can I interject here for a second? Yes, please. 
and say as a big fan of the podcast, I believe Honey, I Shrunk My Face has previously been used as a roast. It has been used. It has, it has been used. Also clever. It has. It has. It's a good format. Nick. That's what people, people like a format. Getting a little, getting a little hacky with the old uh, roasts, I gotta tell you. <laughs> it's a refillable. Yeah, it's a refillable. Nick, I'm gonna put up. I'm gonna put my. I'm gonna make my background on Zoom be a photo of you and I the day we started the podcast. Are you ready? Yes. All right. Um, this is from our very first episode, and uh, before it was just us with no guests before we actually okay. started. Before we actually started uh, taking pictures with the guests. All right. Let's see what comes up here. There we go. Uh, Mitch put up a <laughs> photo from Spaceballs of Pizza the Hut and his robot. Uh, Companion, what is that robot's name? That's uh, pretty some good. fucking some sort of joke on some fucking like Bango Jet or something. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Uh, so a, jo- a joke on Django Fett, the prequel character <laughs> from the film that came out years after. No, okay, you. I'm sorry. Boba, so, B- B- Bubba Fett or something. Bubba Fett. Mm, Bubba Fett. Yeah. How's that? Like a, su- I mean, it's me? still. I don't know. I, I, just, I didn't know if you actually knew the guy's name. I, I do like the angle. And also, Mel Brooks is wife there. is Mel Brooks is funny, so it would be something. Yeah, we funny. like Mel Brooks. Of course, no one's impugning Brooks. Um. Oh God, I hate looking at Pizza the Hut. Jesus, take him off. Get him out of there. A, he is gross, right? I mean, it's he's too a grotesque gross. character, but he is also appetizing, and we see no, why he's he not. That's insane to, to think that die of eating himself. You 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 would eat. We've talked about this before, but you would eat Pizza the Hut. So if you're giving me the, you're sending me the robot role here in the film Spaceballs. Some of Pizza's pepperoni slash cheese face falls off of him, and the robot guy grabs it and says he tastes delicious. And Pizza Ugh. the Hut likes that. So yeah, I think he'd be ta- I think he'd be scrumptious. That's fucking foul. That's disgusting. Anyway, Howdy-ho. to Spoon Nation. And Nick, how about I do a little drop right now? Ooh, I'm excited to hear this drop. <laughs> All right, here it is. What's the situation, Snake? Uh, I can suck my own dick. Huh? What was that noise? <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't wow. that good, Nick? Oh, we had so much fun hearing that drop. Send in yeah, your drop, well, spoonmandrops at gmail.com. Yeah, send them into spoonmandrops at gmail.com. That's right. <laughs> again, again, that email address is spoonmandrops at gmail.com. And also, I just want to say, Nick, that today's drop is, uh, was courtesy of Danny Grainer, who writes, Dear Mitch, and then the link... To this drop, sincerely, D Grains. Thank you, Danny. Wow, that's nice, huh? Wow, very nice. And again, that email address is spoonmandrops at gmail.com. And hey, we've got some great guests this week, Mitch. Uh huh. With I us agree. all with us all week long. So we, we've mm-hmm. got this. We're 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 gonna do a run of a theme month of frozen meals, Doughboy's Topical Freeze, and we're kicking it off 
with a theme week, Tombstone Week, part well, one. It's, fun, we reviewed, it's funny that we chose Topical Freeze uh-huh. based on Tropical Freeze, which is no yes. longer topical. But, the, but that we're doing something frozen is topical because people are consuming mm-hmm. a lot of frozen foods right now. I'm just saying the game is now old. Even the, even the Switch version of the game is now old. We did it over like a year ago on this podcast. Right, but I don't think the game being topical, like I don't think the pun hinges on the game itself being topical. <sighs> I think just that we can say that it's, it's, it's what we're doing is topical, and that Our justifies the Our guests are shaking pun. their heads at you. I'm hoping <laughs> at you. With us all week long, for this theme week, Tombstone Week, part one reviewed the movie on Tuesday's Doughboys Double, and today we review the pizza. The hosts of the great movie podcast, Blank Check, with Griffin and David... Griffin Newman and David Sims. Hi, guys. Hello. Hello. Uh, I just want to quickly say that Nick Nick almost just called you guys ghosts. <laughs> the ghosts with the most. Yeah, I had to retake <laughs> it. I almost called our guests ghosts, which is too too spooky for the pod. Especially for a Tombstone um, and episode. And we didn't want to scare everyone. <laughs> uh, can I just th- say, I have a window open here uh, with the Spaceballs Wikia. Griffin, we did the exact same thing. This is crazy. Did you get wow. the same result here? So, Mitch, you're both you and Weiger agreed that whatever his name is, it must be some sort of joke, right? That's yes. my guess, yeah. I regret to you. inform you, the robot is named Vinny. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they didn't even try. They were like, I don't That's know. Good. What's he's Vinny? That's still funny. Well, but it says so the character is played by Rudy DeLuca, who is like a co writer on a lot of Mel Brooks movies. And on the trivia mm. on the Spaceballs Wiki, it says the name for this character was actually inspired by DeLuca's brother, Vincent Thomas DeLuca. Rudy, being longtime friends with director Mel Brooks, asked this as a small favor to pay homage to his brother. Wow. That's, That's nice. nice. Here's a, I like to eat, he gets to eat Pizza the Hut's face in a little uh, tribute. I agree with Weiger that that looks young, yummy. Well, As a he, child, I wanted to eat Pizza the Hut. Oh, yeah, God. it looks toothsome. Yeah, I, I think David. Problem, did you want to eat Pizza the Hut? No, he has eyes, uh, and the eyes just really throw me off. David, I think he might be muted. The, oh, oh, am I am I muted? No, he's no, no, he's not. Okay, I, I can't hear him. hear him. Listen up, I have things to say about Pizza the Hut. I oh. can't hear David. That's so Wait. weird. Have you, have you muted him? No, I haven't. <laughs> Have I been what shadow banned? <laughs> but you can hear everybody else? I can hear everybody else but except for David. You fucked up somehow, Weiger. That something's fucked. That's fucking weird. Can yeah. you all hear what me? What is going on? Wait, I hold can on. hear Let me you. Sh- yeah. yeah, I can hear Let you. Let me see something. Weiger, try muting him and unmuting him or something. Okay, I'm going to mute it? David. Unmute Jesus. David. <laughs> David, <laughs> can, can you talk? Hello. Sorry. Yes, it's me, David Sims. No? Wagger, did you hear that? Fun to watch. Wager I can't hear him at react. all. I see him talking. I can't hear anything. That's so I can hear everyone else. Freaking weird. You fucked up. You fucked up. David, do you want to try leaving and re-entering? Yeah. Goodbye. Okay, I think that's a yes. <laughs> so strange. Yeah, that's bizarre. In the middle of a really important question, <laughs> would you eat pizza the hut? <laughs> Hello? I can hear you now. Oh, hey, cool. there we that go. That was really weird. That is, super that is weird. bizarre. I, that, having done lots of these, that, that's never happened to me. That's interesting. Yeah, that was very strange. All right. Well, luckily we have a good place to pick it up from. Uh, yes. Well, uh, Pizza the Hut, I did not want to eat him because he has sunken, horrifying eyes and a mouth, and that just sort of grossed me out. But the thing I wanted to mention was, I'm on the Spaceballs Wiki, too, is that... <laughs> 
uh, it refers to Pizza the Hut as half man and half pizza. And I think he's more than half pizza. Like, I yeah. think that is an in, in, incorrect ratio. It's like 90-10. <laughs> yeah. There's not a lot of man there. No. Well, maybe the pizza gene is dominant. Maybe that's what's going on. Right. If you if you get pizza-fied, it's going to be, you're going to be mostly pizza. He's fully yeah. pizza on his mother's side, half and half on his father's side. <laughs> Can we not hear Mitch now? <laughs> no, I can't hear Mitch at all now. I, what the I, fuck I also Mitch? can't hear Mitch. Maybe we I can't need, hear Mitch either. Do you think maybe we can't all hear need you, to Mitch? leave and just start a new Zoom call? I'm I fucking yeah. with you. I was oh. just helping. <laughs> oh boy, Mitch just did a just pulled a fast one on us. That's right. I was acting. Mitch like was moving his mouth without any sound coming out. So I don't know how much of this made it into the the edit. Oh. I guess maybe we'll just keep it all at this I point. I guess, yeah. I don't know. We'll keep some, we'll we'll keep some mix of it. But so David, I couldn't hear his end of the Zoom call. I, I was I the was only one who band. couldn't hear him. I could hear everyone else. <laughs> David left the call and re-entered, and then I could hear him again. And then Mitch started just moving his mouth on the Zoom call without any words coming out, and we all thought that he was muted. I'll tell you why, because I love chaos, baby. <laughs> I I <laughs> You're hope. Zoom's original prankster. <laughs> I, I hope so dearly that you keep in both of those incidents and your description of what happened. <laughs> so people have to listen to it and then listen to you read that. And then Why now you I have to keep re- this in as well. Yeah. Keep it all. Yeah, I think so. Whatever. Hey, people, the, people need content now. Yeah. We're, it's, just a, it's just a countdown to get to 90 minutes, Wags, right? That's all we get to do. <laughs> That's how I view it. Start the clock. <laughs> Why, I, I told you before this started, but I want to let the world know that I'm drinking a diet Snapple created by Brett Michaels. It's called Traparaca. Uh a diet Snapple. It's got pear and fucking mango and some other stuff in it. Ten calories. Traparaca. Brett Michaels approved for his taste so, buds. So Brett Michaels, the poison front man, uh, mm-hmm. later you know had his had his Rock of Love show. I think that was what it was called. I, I will. I, I, he has, so I he's read, a type type one diabetic. He says right on the side. Oh wow. Okay, that makes sense that he's he's attaching himself to a diet brand then. And um, he says he wants he, to show that being a diabetic doesn't mean you have to sacrifice having a good time. Just like I, si- I mean, si- go go ahead. Sorry, Brett Michaels certainly was not sacrificing any good times. And speaking of which, so I was reading this website that was all it was like a groupie website that was like a bunch of like rock stars prowess and equipment in bed. <laughs> And the Brett Michaels entry, the detail that it included is it's you know talking about how him being like a like a you know a, a passionate lover, but that he never takes his head bu- headband off during sex. That's his brand. So wow, that's his thing. Yeah, yeah he's got that headband on. I, I imagine that's pre- maybe some male pattern baldness that he's covering, right? That has to be what's going on. Right, sort of like LeBron. It's like it's just part of the look now. Yeah, yeah. you just that headband's just creeping up eventually, and and you know yeah, it. it I don't know. It's working for him. Is um, it hey, like Nick, I just big... want to say. Go ahead, Griffin. Sorry. No, I feel I, I feel like the big urban legend now, and maybe it's gone beyond urban legend because it keeps on getting repeated by different uh, people. But that uh, Leonardo DiCaprio always wears uh, noise canceling earbuds during sex. Mm, wow. I've heard this too. Yeah, I've heard this. Yes. That's wild. Yeah. I you know Natalie does that move. <laughs> It's fine. It works for her. <laughs> Nick, I hope that uh, yes. I hope I hope that uh, making love to Brett Michaels is better than that Tropa Rocka, that diet Tropa Rocka. Oh, it didn't work for you. 
It's just not the best. I, you know, I like I like uh, the half and half, half lemonade, half iced tea. What you try to claim as a uh, as a Nick Weiger? Uh, if we're talking, yeah, three quarters well, fucking iced tea and a quarter lemonade or some bullshit. My, mine's a third and two third. That's the Nick Weiger. I will. I as far as Snapple, which was also go, the Ar- Ar- Arnold Palmer, by the way, was mm-hmm. a third and two thirds. Uh, it's mine. I, wh- I will say that the the of Snapples, <laughs> I always like the peach Snapple. And when I would go for the diet mm. one, the diet peach Snapple was a very, very good replication. Do you guys have a, a David Griffin? You guys have a, boy, David Griffin. Oh, that's a guy. There is a David Griffin. The, 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 uh, the comically rich owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers, right? David Griffin is now the, he used to general manage the Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh, and that's now who I'm he thinking is of. The, right. He's the GM. Yeah, right. He's the GM of the Pelicans. Right. And the Knicks uh, can, almost had him, but he, he, they, we couldn't get him because we're too sad and incompetent. Yeah. Oh boy, you're a Knicks fan. I am. Oh man. Hey Nick, he's hey Nick, he's not the only Griffin. <laughs> oh oh well, wow. It's me, Peter Griffin. It's Peter Griffin. <laughs> he's zooming well, us. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe Peter Griffin got in the chat. Uh, you, my, think my... Th- <laughs> you think this pandemic's bad? <laughs> I can't wait to hear what non-sequitur flashback he throws out now. Remember that that pandemic in Magnolia, the movie? Pandemic in Magnolia? <laughs> you mean the frogs? The, the fro- when the frogs fell from the sky. I don't know if I characterize it as a pandemic. I didn't know, you know Peter be- Griffin was such a PTA fan. Yeah. <laughs> that seems like more of a, of a Brian Griffin affectation. <laughs> Do you remember that time we watched Phantom Thread? <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed myself. All right, well, bye, everybody. Oh, so we didn't oh, get a flashback. He, he just <laughs> he just brought up a memory and then memory. left. And then he left. Interest, interesting format break for they Family Guy. They had those in post, I think. <laughs> uh, my father's well, well, name is Peter, and so growing up, uh, my orthodontist filed things incorrectly, and all. Uh, the bills for my retainers and braces were sent to Peter Griffin. Wow. In Quahog? Yeah. They, they were sent to Quahog? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, took a long time to reach us. That's a solid pull, right? I had to think oh, for a yeah. second. Yeah, okay. <laughs> why, um, why? They, sh- they should have made a Quahog house like they did the Simpsons house in Vegas. What do you think of that's that, That's a Nick? great idea. Ne- mm. I think that's a great idea. Never stop doing that. People love that shit. People, like, they just, like... They figure whoever figured it out first. I don't know if it was Harry Potter land. I don't know what it was, but whoever figured it out that you can just you should just build the thing from the movie and let people go into it, or from the TV show and let people go into that. Mm. People love that. They can't get enough of it. Do it for everything. Why not? Yeah, absolutely. Rebu- build the family. We should Gay rebuild. House. We, we should rebuild Palmerston somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> These theme parks are going to be so desperate when they finally reopen that they might start making podcast-based attractions. <laughs> oh, God. That might be like the new expansion. Man, it's sad to me that the uh, Nintendo World was supposed to open up this year, wasn't it? I think there was talk of that, and I, I didn't end up materializing. I think it was supposed to be Japan this year and then Orlando and then- next year. Oh, I thought I think Hollywood is before. I thought oh, really? Hollywood was. Yeah, I think Hollywood's before 
Orlando crazy enough. Oh, man. David has never been to a Universal Park or a Disney Park, and that was like the big plan this year was to get him to go and go on all the rides related to movies we've covered on the show. And I finally had sort of like settled the issue, and we were starting to make the plans, and then the entire world uh, shut down. Now, David, is this partly because, as you revealed on our previous episode, uh, to Griffin's surprise... Thank you you were raised in the up. UK. Thank Wait, you I'm for sorry. bringing up that Griffin was surprised, so he can't be surprised again. Wait, I'm sorry. I, I must not have been here for this. You're mistaken, Weiger. If I had heard this in a previous Doughboys episode, I would remember it. Okay, I have never heard this before. Uh, I did when in 1995 moved to the United Kingdom, where I lived for 13 years. Unfucking believable. And so I've been to Chessington World of Adventure, but I haven't mm. been to Disney World doesn't count it's got to be american uh, yeah i what mean is- chessington world of adventure to be clear does not really count what do they have there like what is that theme park like <sighs> i mean the brits are actually like they're ride freaks they we have all kinds of theme parks there but uh chessington world of adventure just i don't know there was a ride called the bubble works that had like it was like a what do you call like a wet dark ride griffin like where you're like in a in a boat like a flume. But it's a dark uh, ride uh, 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 it's like a, a dark ride a flume log ride yeah um but it wasn't a flume you didn't go down it was all oh, thematic that, and there I were bubbles and a, like strobe I, lights and stuff i think it's a wet dark ride they they had a big uh, faulty tower section right like their version of <laughs> The Potter section was just, you go through the actual hotel and there are like five different Potter, rides based Potter on Potter is yeah. English. You don't get to claim Potter. Yeah, they, but they just didn't get the rights. <laughs> they blew it. No, yeah. yeah. They had a thing called Ramsey's Revenge that would spin you around. There are more different Faulty Tower rides than there are episodes of Faulty Towers. <laughs> right, yeah. It's 13 to 12. <laughs> Manuel's Rally Racers. All right. <laughs> what this is. Yeah, I wonder if Britain's still chill with Manuel. When I left, Manuel was still, everyone was cool with that, but I don't know if that's still the case. He was, yeah, that was, a, I mean, I remember watching, so I, I didn't grow up in the UK like you did, but I did. Wait a my second, dad I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> this is the first that I'm hearing about that. <laughs> Like, are you telling me that you spent none of your adolescence in the UK? It's true, yeah. I've listened to I, every fucking episode of your show, and this is the first I hear about it. I, I, you know what? I'm a lifelong SoCal surfer dude, but my dad loved British comedy, and a lot of it they aired on like PBS, and and he just like tape it. So I watched a lot. I watched like a lot of Monty Python, a lot of Faulty Towers as a kid. So yeah, I, it's but like I remember. I found that sh- I thought that show was like legit funny as a kid. I don't know if it holds oh, yeah. up. I haven't no, watched it. No, it definitely it, holds like, up. I think it's still yeah. really funny. And yeah. It's like pure sort of clockwork sitcom comedy. It's great, but like there is the character Manuel who is just like a foreigner, and everyone's like, "It's crazy how this guy doesn't speak English like the rest of us." Yeah, his catchphrase is like "K," I think, yeah, right? Because he just right. like yes. he doesn't understand anything anyone says, so he just keeps going "K," and yeah. it's yeah, it's probably not uh, the most. It's not. It's not the the least problematic characterization i guess right i mean i guess um, it's a little different in that he's like playing like a spaniard i mean Bre- yeah Europe that's a true. little different but uh, yeah yeah wasn't there like a whole controversy too where uh, russell brand yes, on his I, radio show called up the actor who played manuel and told him in graphic detail about having sex with his daughter. That is correct. And it was Russell Jesus. Brand and Jonathan Ross, who was sort of like the letterman of the UK. He was like a big talk show host. And it was such a controversy that Jonathan Ross had to like quit 
show business for a while. Wow. Right. It like ended that show, did yeah. it not? Brit- yeah, Britain was like, you, you can't, you've, you've, you've gone too far. The line was there and you crossed it. You can't do this. And the so actor it, who plays Manuel is like the Tom Hanks of the UK. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's like the most beloved figure. His name, I think, is Andrew Sachs, I believe. Wow. Also, uh, what a fucking, fucking Russell Brand. What a fucking douchey. Uh, of course he did that bullshit. That sucks. It's, had, in, it's his persona. It's just like, it's one that just doesn't work in the US for a comedian of just like the cool comic. Like, right. it's just it, like, that's like a thing that I think you can do. You can pull off in the UK. Um, but I, I think in the U.S., like, just like, yeah, this guy who's like a fucking dresses like a rock star and talks about the women he's had sex with. that just doesn't isn't what people are looking for from comedy. Well, it's also but, just uh, like so hard to imagine the American equivalent of that, which would be like Howard Stern calling up Don Knotts. <laughs> I fucked yeah. your daughter, Don. <laughs> Artie Lang railed your daughter. <laughs> well, I don't want to hear this. It's like horrible. Yeah. Uh, you guys, I want to talk about because we we talked about theme parks a little bit, and and but uh, you guys have a have a movie podcast, and I know we are all theater goers. We all mm. like to go to movie theaters. Obviously, they're not they're they're. Uh, we, not something that people are going to right now. And we don't want to get too bleak on here because I know we've bumped some people out with some quarantine talk in the past. I know some people use this podcast to escape. So we're, we're not going to try to get too bleak. I want to talk towards the future of what do you think movie theaters are going to look like coming out of this? Um, and do you, uh, like, do, you, do you foresee any changes to the business? Is, is the VOD that comes you know day and date kind of with a theatrical release, is that going to be, do you think that's going to be more common? What, what do you think we're going to be looking at? What do you think, Griffin? I I am currently, well, I mean, my in my day job, I have to write about this stuff, and you know, they keep asking me like, well, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And it's sort of like, right. The, the, I feel like the next question is like, who's going to take the plunge and put a movie out again? Right? Like, say movie theaters get to open back up in a you know, but like maybe they can only have fifty percent attendance or whatever. Like, people are going to have to be like, well, we're going to have to put out some movies just so there can be movies, so that, like, this can continue to exist, even if we're not going to make the money we usually make for a while. I, I think yeah. it's, like, a multifaceted thing where it's it's going to cause a more extreme version of how things were already headed. Right, everything will get a little rate. heightened, yeah. Right, so, like, I think once, not maybe the moment the theaters reopen, but the moment that culturally it feels like this is a safe, acceptable thing to do again, I think you're going to see a lot of pent-up demand. I think one yeah. of those, like that first wave of blockbusters to come out once it's acceptable again, is going to wildly overperform because the people who thought that they didn't like going to the theaters are going to realize how much they miss being yeah, in a room full 100%. of strangers. Like it will add back the sort of sentimental value of the importance of what's special about going to a movie theater. But I also think it's just even more uh, sort of formed the mindset of the theater is for a special big event movie that you see on opening weekend so you avoid the spoilers or for like an art house thing that you do to culturally enrich yourself and anything that's in the middle you can probably wait to see at home and i think the fact that people are now seeing so many of those movies at home that either were released uh very quickly after they were in theaters are now going to start being released online before they were in theaters i think that's only just going to hammer home this idea of like which movies are theater ready and a thing that David and I invoke a lot 
is Steven Soderbergh has talked about how like the data is so advanced now. The button. And he told me this in person. It was in an interview. David did an interview. With David Sims. Interview with David Sims. David Sims, wow. Steven Soderbergh, Atlantic interview. And he was talking about Logan Lucky and how he was like trying to revolutionize the distribution process for that movie. And then he was like, by 11 a.m., on the earliest time zone, on the first day it was in theaters, it was clear that it was not going to do well. Like, the data was so clear so quickly. Right, you know right away. Wow. There should be an option where if it becomes clear that your movie's not going to get an audience in theaters, after that opening weekend, you push a button and it goes onto VOD. And that's what I would like to see because sometimes you get a movie that surprises and ends up getting a real theatrical audience even though one would think it was not something that would warrant a big screen experience. I would like theaters to still give movies that chance, but after like three days, if it's not doing well, kind of doing what they've done now, which is push a button and go, okay, it's up early for $20. Well, I, I would be also, bummed I, I, if like I, no comedies got released in theaters ever again, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I, I do think there's a thing of there is obviously, there's also on the other side of that, there's an inflation in the number of people who are who are ordering movies the the weekend they came up because they are in quarantine you know what yeah. i mean like i don't right. think i don't think that those numbers are going to be as good as they that that maybe they they think they are or like on a normal weekend i don't know if you're going to get someone to download or purchase the hunt or something as much as 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 you think you know like i don't know if that i, I don't know if that, about if that system this. will work yeah I, you could be right mitch but then again i was thinking like it it is I feel like like so much of of going to the movies is like a shared experience and I feel like you know like people watch the shit out of Netflix series cuz everyone has Netflix and it can be like a shared experience like we're all fucking watching Tiger King right now let's all talk about Tiger King and I think there could be something to hey this movie's coming out this weekend on VOD Every, a bunch of people are going to pay 20 bucks to see it cuz it's got you know a, it's a director they like or a cast they like and they want to, and then everyone's going to talk about it. Like, maybe that could be a fucking sustainable model. I don't know. But I, it's, I, I think, like, it, it's interesting to see things priced at that le- at that level and then to see them still being bought. I know the circumstances right now are obviously unique, but I think there is a market for day-and-date releases that are at a higher price point. I think so, too. And even if it's just, like, it's not a six-week or eight-week window anymore, it's a one-week window before it right. goes up on VOD. Like, that's something I would be conceptually fine with, as long as movies get a chance to perform in theaters. I do think the numbers are inflated now because everyone's stuck at home, and there's this novelty factor to, oh, my God, these things are available uh, so immediately. And not everyone's going to be willing to pay that much for everything that comes out for the next however many months. But I do worry that, like, to a certain degree, people are now getting trained into a new behavior. Because in that way of what you're talking about of, like, oh, Tiger King became, I have to watch it because I want to know what all these memes are. I want to get the jokes. I don't want it spoiled for me. I feel like movies have been moving in that direction where the movies that most people, uh, we all go to the theater more than the average consumer. But most people, I feel like, now save theater going for a thing they don't want to be ruined. It's like I have to go see the Marvel movies opening day, whether or not I'm a big Marvel fan, because if I'm going to see it, I need to see it before someone ruins it for me through a GIF. And like that, that I think is a thing that's changed. Um, And it's it's made 
that feel like those movies need to be seen immediately and other ones do not. But then you see some of the like artier movies on Netflix that became memes where I'm like, I don't think this many people would have watched Marriage Story if not for them being able to see that meme structure and then know that they could just open a new browser window and watch the movie right away. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. What, what have you guys been watching at home as, as, as big-time moviegoers? Uh, uh, what have you been watching in your home theaters? Um, I initially was like very gung ho and I was like, oh, I'm going to watch stuff. I'm going to clear out my watch list. I'm going to like get to every arty movie on my shelf that I haven't like watched yet. And like, I did that for like a week. Pick a director and go through all yeah. of them. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be a project. Yeah. It's great to be home all the time. I love it. And there's no problems. And then <laughs> like, I would say like a couple weeks in, I hit a wall and I was like, man, I just want to watch like fucking a few good men. I want to watch like shit I've seen a thousand times or whatever. That's very comforting. Mm. And so I've been more in that zone. I'm trying once again to like, you know, fire up my criterion channel and like, you know, be good and you know watch things that'll enrich me a little bit. But I, uh, I like I almost know. immediately watched the first twelve Sandlers. Like it was like <laughs> me at the grocery store grabbing for toilet paper before everything else, and then going onto yeah. the streamers and finding every Sandler I could. I was just like, Hell I want yeah. everything through to like deeds. Give it to me. Where do you <laughs> rank your Sandler? What's what's your top yeah. tier Sandler? Uh, Sandlers, Griffin. Great question. Because uh, my list is now different than it would have been pre quarantine, having rewatched so many of them. I haven't gotten to anything post like two thousand three, so I'm curious to see if anything changes in the back half. Because I put Zohan certainly in his top five, and Zohan is high for me. Yeah, for top yeah. one. But as of a recent rewatch of the first half of the filmography, I think it's Wedding Singer with a bullet for me. I think that is wow. the one that hits the the most different areas of what Sandler can do well. So, so you yeah. like a little bit of story and sort of like Hollywood romance mixed in with the like Sandler stuff. I think that one has the best balance of like, because there is something sentimental about Sandler. And I think that's a movie where he gets the balance right versus like Big Daddy, which I still enjoy, you see him going like two degrees more <laughs> mawkish after that. And then by the time you get to Grown Ups, you have like his daughter crashes the SUV into a tree because she wants to see grandpa again. Like you have these things that are just like heartstring pulley out of nowhere. Um, I do like a little bit of story. I like a balance between Sandler being able to be Sandler and being able to be a vaguely recognizable human being with emotions. You know, yeah. like I like when he yeah. gets to do both. And Wedding Singer has an equal amount of like scenes where Sandler just fucking loses it and goes huge and scenes where he like kisses a girl and you believe that she would do it. <laughs> right. Versus like Sandy Wexler where you're like, come on. Oh, come on. Sandy Wexler rules. <laughs> Sandy Wexler is really funny. Fun. I love I like Sandy Wexler. Wexler, but I think, David, you and I agree that the moment when uh, he yeah. and Jennifer Hudson sleep together you're like, I'll I'll let this happen. I'm not <laughs> yeah. happy about it, but I will excuse it. In fact, I you you saying that, I was like, I had totally forgotten that happens, and I think that was just my brain like papering over that immediately. It ends with them getting married. I know, They're I know. It's a time jump to their wedding. I, yeah, but but I I, would, I just wanted to be like with Kevin James, and there's like a puppeteer, and he's being I'm, weird, I'm stuff like that. I'm all in on Wexler. Yeah. Uh, but yes, I mean, I think it's like a wedding singer... Billy Madison was the one that I thought maybe was my number one, and now I rank lower. 
Oh, I still it's like the number it. one for me. Really? Wow. It's still the number one for me. Bill, come on. It's one of the best. I think it's like five or six for me. I think it's still up there. Ooh, all right. I, wow. In my mind's eye, not having seen it in a long time, I was like, that's probably my number one. I will say also, when I got into Sandler, it was when I was a child, I got walking pneumonia and I missed like two months of school. And oh my in God. retrospect, I realized I think my parents thought I was going to die and did a good job of wow. not passing along that anxiety to me. But there was a lot of weird shit in retrospect that I look back on and I'm like, oh, they were genuinely scared. But my mother was like very protective of what I watched and thought like everything was objectionable, but also didn't want me watching anything she thought was stupid. And like Sandler was like a guy in a glass case where it was like, you don't do that. You don't watch Adam Sandler movies. And the second I got sick, she was like, which Sandler movies do you want me to rent? So I watched <laughs> wow. like oh, all sweet. the early Sandler movies uh, while sick in bed <laughs> leading up to The Waterboy coming out, which was then like the first time I left home in like two months. Um, wow. So that was like a big event for me. Sandler was like really formative, and watching them again now, all in quarantine, feels like a weird mirroring. Where right. it's like I'm once again <laughs> in bed, unable to leave, just like grabbing onto Sandler and asking him to keep me afloat mentally. <laughs> wow, I, I, I uh, saw. I, I remember specifically seeing the Water Boy in in Quincy Cinemas, which no longer exists. Uh, I think it was flagship cinemas. Uh, and th- that is like the one that I remember specifically. I saw Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore, I think, in theaters. I just don't remember the moments I saw them in theaters. But Billy Madison is just an all-time – I mean, it's like silly and weird. It's such a weird movie, too. It's and, incredibly and, weird. Yeah, That's like uncut yeah. Sandler. That's that's before yeah. I feel like he needs to even have any kind of sense to his – like it's just it's just a bunch of funny stuff. See, I'm, I, I need to do the rewatch, but in my mind, now having rewatched Billy Madison recently, I feel like Zohan is my preferred uncut Sandler. If you're going wow. for just like pure wackadoo shit. I love Zohan. David, other than Zohan, you got any favorites? Um, my favorite is probably, hmm, that's actually, my favorite is probably Billy Madison, if I'm going for like old, young, classic Sandler. The Wedding Singer I saw with my mom and that I remember that like being a sort of cherished whatever like 11 year old like you know we both agree like that that w- we could both handle that movie like it, it appealed to different things for right. us and so I remember we saw The Water Boy because she was like I like the Sandler guy let's go to The Water Boy and that was like <laughs> that was she was like no no more of this guy I'm absolutely <laughs> out on him and I was like oh, I still dig it I like it. The one I've seen the most is Big Daddy. I've seen that for some reason like ten times. Big Daddy's I, really good. Yeah, yeah. Big I love Daddy's Big Daddy, great. and I, I love Waterboy. I like I like almost all of them. I, I I think all of them are, until a certain point, are 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 high hitters. And then there's some that are better than others later on. I mean, I'm it, horny for Serious Sandler. I like you know yeah. Punch Drunk Love and, and then the Bombback movie. I mean, like he's just got so much to unlock. He's he's uh, the king. It is, is so game. weird in retrospect that he did that Waterboy character for an entire movie, and it was a colossal hit. Yeah. <laughs> like, that the trailer is just, here he is with all the affectations. It's going to be this voice and, like, these mannerisms for an hour and a half, and people could not wait. Like, we he just changed. don't have character comedies like that anymore, let alone a character that is that extreme. And that was the movie that made him, like, a full-out blockbuster guy. 
Like that was yeah, just, just, a, just a fucking huge swing. Yeah. Here's here's the here's the thing with him is that like he's playing a character that is a that's he plays losers all the time, mm-hmm. right. but losers that are likable, and he doesn't have to look cool. Which in real life, you know, he's cool, and in the movies, obviously. There's love interests that are our way out of out of these characters' leagues or whatever that he, that he gets with or whatever. But that's besides the point. I feel like every other modern comedy. Can you think of anyone who like plays like a, such a loser character that is also likable? Like I feel like so many modern comedies like the guys are kind of cool and 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 kind of and hip. Like Forty Year Old Virgin is maybe the one I can think of that that yeah. that's like. But even yeah, then, Anchorman, of, An- Anchorman is like a silly character, but he's not. It's it's a different thing to me. Well, I don't that's know. like right. Like feral right. characters are buffoons. They're not right. losers, and they're, they're very like high pompous. status idiots. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then like Apatow characters, if you will. Yeah, Apatow faulties. Yeah. Uh, Apatow characters are like slackers, but they're not right. like right. losers in the same way. Sandler right. characters yes. are are usually weirdly low status. Right, Apatow yes. characters usually have more room to grow. Like the movie's usually about them growing, right? Yeah, like that's part of the arc. And then well, there's like, like I feel well, I feel like just with that with that Sandler thing, that loser. That, I think that I think that connects with so many people in the real world who probably feel that way anyways about themselves. But specifically with people who are funny or comedians, I feel like there is a part of people who just think they're losers, so they relate to that, and he and he plays it great. I mean, it, it it's great. Can I throw out a quarantine watch, a first-time watch that I just did that I was very sort of pleasantly surprised by? I don't know if this is cabin fever speaking, but I think this is a pretty good loser comedy from a guy mm-hmm. who doesn't usually play loser. Uh, I'm officially a drill bit Taylor stan. Oh, drill bit Taylor! It's now on Netflix. I never watched it because there's one kid in the movie who looks a lot like me, and I didn't hear the end of it when it came out. Both Ah. people making jokes about it and people sincerely texting me and saying, congratulations on booking a big role. (laughs) So I just like avoided it outright. And I watched it the other night when I couldn't sleep. And I, I find it very fun. And it's an interesting movie because it is like very much about the kids and Owen Wilson is kind of like the Beetlejuice of the movie. Like he's like the exciting supporting character, but he's not the lead really. But it is like, what if a guy had Owen Wilson levels of like blase confidence about everything, but was objectively a loser? Like that's the premise of that movie is that's he's fun. like a homeless guy who acts like Owen Wilson. So everyone's like, oh shit, this guy must be like a fucking movie star. And instead he like lives in a tent in the woods. I love it. <laughs> Rogan wow. wrote that, right? Uh, yeah, Rogan and Goldberg wrote it, and Apatow produced it. Wow. I'll say this. The movie, I've I've watched Child's Play 2 twice since wow. I've been in quarantine. Twice. I, the, no, for the no best particular Child's reason. Play. It's the best one. I, I, it, it, is, it is the best Child's Play. I agree. I was going to say that it, it doesn't get as much... Uh, Love, but there's some good there's some good moments in that in that movie. There's some the good climax stuff. at the toy factory is amazing. It's one it's of the great. best set pieces ever in a horror movie. Griffin, so there, 100% there may be some agree. people who don't who are like Child's Play. What's Child's Play? It's the, Chucky. It, yeah, it's Chucky. It's the Chucky movies. People think they're called something. They're called Chucky, but they're called Child's Play. They, they, at yes. least they were originally. The first. Three, I mean, did right. you? Yeah, the first three. Yeah. Did you? Did you think that? Did you think that it was called? Did you know what Child's Play was? I guess is my question to you. <laughs> I googled it real quick. <laughs> Did you really Chucky. not know? Oh, I can't Chucky. tell. No, I know. I know. I just, I think, I think people think of, you know, Friday the 13th, Jason, 
Nightmare Before Elm Street, Freddy, but people have... You think have, people don't know Chucky enough? I think That's people insane. don't connect the, the phrase child's play to Chucky, the character, because the, the franchise didn't exist for as long. They started, they started renaming them just like Chucky movies. And One if people the, think of Chucky, they don't think of it as, as being called child's play. He is, to me, as a child, that was the scariest movie monster because it is a doll. And yes. when you're a little kid, you have dumb little toys like a Chucky. And you're afraid. Or in your case, a Mickey Mouse doll. Yes, yes, of course. I thought Mickey Mouse grabbed my arm one night. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. Yeah. I thought, and and of course, a lot of that probably came from the Child's Play movies. Child's Play is a movie that I remember when like pay per view first started and the movies would first start playing for like the first five minutes, they would just show the movie before they blurred it out, which is insane. Um, or maybe it was just to entice people to be like, I want to keep watching it, and they'd buy it. Um, but you saw, I think you used, to, you used to have to call like an 800 number back then. But Chucky was one of those movies I'd watch like the first like five minutes of it and be so fucking scared. And they'd play the preview of it too, and just it terrified me. Chucky was, he was scary. So they show like they show like minute zero through five, and so and if it's a horror movie, a lot of times it starts with some sort of shocking kill or something, right? Yeah, yeah. Chucky probably that, slashed somebody. Wow. I think Chucky's another scary. thing. Chucky's like very Chucky. scary. He freaks I think, me out. I think also like as a kid, uh, for for those who are of the generation and grow up through this, the Chucky movies had the scariest like VHS covers. Mm-hmm. Like there was yeah. something yes. very startling about yeah. like, walking into a video store. The big scissors, right? He's yeah, got the big scissors. I didn't like box. that. No, because there's also a clown on there, and a clown that's not great either. If you're a kid, the jack, walking the through jack in the box looks store, scared. Yeah. Yes, terrified. And if you're a kid walking through a video store and you see like three different Chucky VHS covers in a row, each one more threatening than the last, you're like, this is three too many. Why won't this guy quit? <laughs> Yeah, and it, 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 and and then when you finally watch the movies, and Chucky's like, "Man, I gotta get out of this body. It really sucks to be a doll." You're like, "Oh, this is not. This is the not least mortally terrifying. Yeah, it's not scary at all. The first, the first one is maybe the most is maybe yeah. the scariest one. Yeah. I think I agree with you, Griffin, that the second one is is probably the best. And there's a, that set piece at the at the toy factory is fucking great. It's just but so smart that, to be like, oh, the first one's a hit. We have a bigger budget now. What should we do? And then we're like, the last 20 minutes are in a factory line where they're producing Chuckies. Chucky, like they're trying yes. to kill the one Chucky and more Chuckies are just coming down the belt every five seconds. That rules. I, I, think, I think in part one, you see a lot of the guy in the Chucky suit, uh, like the, an actor in like a little Chucky suit and running around. And that is truly terrifying. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, yeah, it's, but, but Nick, you, have you ever watched any of these movies or no? Yeah, I've watched these movies. Why do you have uh, so many? Relax. <laughs> I just know you were a Chucky guy. <laughs> I've seen the, yeah, I've seen, I've seen Child's Play. I don't think I've seen Child's Play too, actually. I've seen Child's Play. I'm familiar with Chucky. Right, I, I believe you. Just the way that question was asked. It's, it's a little accusatory. Well, you were just, I, I thought you would jump in with some child's play stuff. You just were sitting there, uh, you're sitting there kind of just staring at me. It's a Zoom call. <laughs> you can't interject all that much. It really disrupts the flow of conversation. You have to really choose your spots. It's tough. Uh, did you have a My Buddy doll, Nick? I did have a My Buddy doll. I gave him a no, haircut. Of course you did. Oh my I washed, God. I washed his hair and gave him a haircut. His hair did not respond well to being washed. 
Um, uh, and Nick, it got all stringy. Yeah. Can I guess? Can I guess where he is? Dis- dismembered and buried underneath your house. <laughs> I'm just sweating while the corpse dogs are <laughs> sniffing my mom's flower bed. That's that's um, a, oh no no the other episode comes out first. For a second I thought that was a pre callback, but it is now just a callback <laughs> to another episode. Yeah, it's a callback to a paywalled episode. <laughs> if people listen to the double, that callback's uh, going to cost you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take a break. We'll be back with more Doughboys. Hey Mitch, I feel like during the summer. Pretty much everything I'm doing outdoors is making me thirsty. Yeah, I'll tell you what the issue is. That blasted sun. Curse the sun. Curse the sun. Giver of life, but also... Giver of heat. Giver of a dehydrator in chief, I'd call it. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Summer requires extraordinary hydration because of the sun. You know it's like built for everyday dehydrating moments. Yes. The moon is cool. <laughs> Moon's real cool. When the moon the is out... out. There's never a doubt. doubt. The, the moon, moon is cool. <laughs> and when the sun's up high, you can't deny it's gonna, gonna be hot. 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 Anyways, I think that we've expressed that the sun gets you hot in it the summertime. Sure and the moon keeps you cool. Liquid IV hydrates you with benefits like electrolytes, essential vitamins, and clinically tested nutrients. Mm-hmm. With three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink, plus eight vitamins and nutrients in a single stick, it's clear why Liquid IV is the number one powdered hydration brand in America. Wags, that's right. And you know what? It's so easy to just tear open a packet of Liquid IV, pour it into a cup, mix it up with some ice cold water, and drink it down. My favorite flavor, strawberry. It's a hydration multiplier. That's right. Gets you even more hydrated, and it's easier to stay hydrated while traveling. And you know what, Mitch? We like the taste. I love the taste. And you know what? I love that I'm getting all those uh, electrolytes and I'm not getting filled up with sugars. Yeah. I love the th- I love the smell too and it helps you out not just while traveling but after a big night out. You know what I mean? Come on. I Come can- on. <laughs> the moon is cool. Cool cool cool. The moon is cool. Cool cool cool. Tear pour. Live more. One stick plus 16 ounces of water hydrates better than water alone. And Wise, it's got three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink, eight vitamins and nutrients, non-GMO, vegan, gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free, and now sugar-free. We got white peach. Wow. Green grape. Wow. Raspberry melon and lemon lime. That's right, Wags. Turn your ordinary water into extraordinary hydration with Liquid IV. Get 20% off your first order of Liquid IV when you go to liquidiv.com and use code DOUGHBOYS at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code DOUGHBOYS at liquidiv.com. I love Liquid IV. You know why? Why? Because it's cool. Cool, cool, cool. And the sun is hot, hot, hot. hot. Oh boy, Mitch, Mother's Day's coming up. You got sweaters, candles, the dreaded bathrobe. Mm. Unfortunately, Mother's Day gifts can be a little predictable and boring. That's why an Aura frame is the perfect gift to mix things up this year. Named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter, Aura frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. Dreaded bathrobe covering mom up? Ugh. Get that sweater off of you. Too many layers. Wags, that's right. You know what? I'm guilty. 
I've given my mom too many of these boring gifts. Yes. Some some sweaters, some candles, some dreaded bathrobes. I've accidentally given my mom the same gift twice. Wow. It's really embarrassing. Or 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 you end up getting like, oh, I guess I'll give you a gift card. I don't, you know, like like it it's it, it doesn't feel like there's any love behind that. Well, guess what, Wags? I've also gifted my mom an aura frame. That's right. Wow. This is the truth. Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected and come with unlimited storage so you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to mom's frame. Not only will she be grateful it's not another sweater, she'll also love that an aura frame means she gets to see more of you. That's right. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's Aura, A-U-R-A, Frames.com. Use code Doughboys at checkout to save. And you know what, Wags? My mom liked her Aura frame so much. Is this true? She got my sister one, and now my sister's got one in her dining room. Wow. Mm -hmm. Terms and conditions apply. Send photos you want from your phone to mom's frame. In fact, Mitch, I'm going to send your mom the photo right now. The hell? Enjoy, Mrs. Mitchell. I love you, mommy. I love you, mommy. You're talking to your mom, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Mitch, listeners, did you know learning actually makes a sound? It's true. Listen to this. That's the sound of you learning a new language with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. And Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations. Wow. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Mitch, you know what I love about Babbel is the courses are convenient. They help me learn real-life conversation skills in my chosen language, Spanish. Makes it easier to order food, ask Mm. for directions, speak to people here in Los Angeles uh, without having to consult language apps uh, while you're on the go. Well, Wags, studies from Yale, Michigan State University, and others continue to prove Babbel is better. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. And you don't want to go anywhere near a college campus these days with all those protests. No, thanks. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Wags, (laughs) and all those protesters out there... Here's a special <laughs> limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash doughboys. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash doughboys, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash doughboys. Rules and restrictions may apply. Welcome back to Doughboys. It is Tombstone Week, and we are talking wow. Tombstone, the pizza with Griffin Newman and David Sims of Blank Check. Uh, guys, so I, I want to start here. Do you, ha- do you have frozen dinners often? Is that a, is that a common go-to for you? Uh, uh, David, let's start with you, and then I- we'll hear from Griffin. Um, less for me. This was part of the joy of this was that it summoned nostalgia for like my teen years when, when a frozen meal was more common, my college years. Mm. But uh, no, I like to cook. I cook a lot. So wow. I rarely... 
uh, go to this well. Not 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 out of judgment, more just out of like uh, it's just it's not really on my wavelength. But uh, that was that was sort of part of the fun of this. Is I, I haven't had a frozen pizza in a long time. Um, I eat frozen pizzas too regularly. Uh, I would uh, appoint myself sort of a, a duke of frozen foods at the very least. Uh, I have terrible eating habits. Are you putting on some kind of a like a little crown? Do you have a scepter? <laughs> I just want I want people to pay some respect. I've been putting in the years. Right. I've been out in these streets every day. Um, my my mother very much wanted to have a, a healthy household in which uh, her children ate organic foods, and I would literally go on like an Irish hunger strike if she put anything <laughs> nutritional in front of me. So wow. pretty early on, my mother relented and would just buy me whatever frozen bullshit I wanted because otherwise I would have uh, famined myself to death. Um, but Tombstone was like a big go-to for me. I'd say like Tombstone and French bread pizza were like two of my, my ultimates in frozen foods have carried with me, uh, into my adult years. Um, I don't cook at all, uh, which is embarrassing because everyone else in my family is a foodie and my sister, uh, is like a chef. Um, and I have been in this apartment for, uh, like almost a year and a half now and, Earlier this year was like, I'm going to finally get my oven turned on. I literally just didn't have gas running to my oven. I just never bothered to set it up. And I was like, wow. I should I should learn how to cook. And Con Ed came to my apartment like two weeks before quarantine started. And they were like, something's weird here. I don't know what it is. We're going to have to come back later and fix it. And now they can't. So I have been like ev- more than ever just fucking owning the the frozen food duke ship all about um uh but Tombstone, i love it I, lo- I love it griffin by the way i love it i think we have very similar eating habits my my friends call me uh, garbage belly and uh <laughs> half mock me and half show genuine concern like please get your life together um but but tombstone has kind of become a, a really valuable commodity in this time like well i don't know how much we're going to talk about it but we struggled to find tombstones here in new york because it feels like in this rise of frozen foods tombstone has become the most uh, beloved and desired frozen pizza yeah i think there are some lapsed uh, frozen food eaters who are like okay well now this is i i gotta stock up and Tombstone has a lot of nostalgic connection for people. Like it was, mm. it was our. If we ever did a frozen pizza, which was rare in my household, but it, it was a, it was either a Tombstone or something from Costco. It was and rare, Nick. You, it was rare to have frozen. We pizza. didn't do a lot of frozen pizzas. It, you know, mm. my my dad was a regular. David Sims loved to cook, <laughs> so he'd cook us meals uh, six or seven nights a week, and then uh, and then we'd have a, we'd either get takeout or restaurants were very rare for my family. I think that's part of why I love going to restaurants is because we just like never did it because my parents were so cheap. It was like a once every three months sort of thing. And just to clarify, Um, Nick, this is you describing growing up in England, right? (laughs) Actually, I I grew up in in sunny Southern California. You've never Uh, mentioned being a SoCal surfer, dude. I'm a SoCal surfer, dude. I never grew up in... I never spent any time in the UK. This has never come up on the podcast. Yeah, I think I think David actually did grow up in the UK. No, that's, that's impossible. That's absolutely right. And my no, favorite what? 
frozen pizza brand, which I think is... Well, wait, does this exist here? And Britain, I was obsessed with a frozen pizza brand called Chicago Town, which was like what? little, never, never little heard of individual it. like uh, thick crust deep dish pizzas. You, you would get two per pack and eat both because... You know, that's nice. But yes, yeah. this is apparently is the UK's number one frozen pizza brand. Wow. wow. How was how, how the, the Faulty Towers fro- brand frozen pizza? <laughs> <laughs> well, you would always order it, but then there would be all these comical misunderstandings and, and it would never come out of the oven. <laughs> Nick, I'll, I'll take you on my frozen yes. food journey. I mean, please. Thing, things I remember as a, I've taught you about like later on, like Tina's burritos and stuff like that were big. But as a kid... I remember having Kid Cuisine. Do you, do you remember Kid Cuisine? I do remember that, yeah. It would be like dinosaur-shaped nuggets and then mm-hmm. like mac and cheese on the side. Yeah, it was, it was all like kids' favorites. I would have all that, but as far as, far as frozen food, go, t- food goes, Tombstone was not the frozen pizza of choice. Wow. At least it just we didn't, we didn't usually get it. Um, but for me, it all starts with Elio pizza, Elio's pizza, the square, the rectangle pizza. Okay, do you know? Do you not know that as well? Is I don't. Like, know, I don't know this brand. No? I haven't seen I, it. I can picture it, the package. Elio's pizza. Yeah. It's like longer rectangle pieces that you can split into three pieces. That was the big one, and then Mama Celeste obviously was the other. That was yep. huge. I do Mama know Mama Celeste. Celeste. I do know the Red Baron. There yeah, was I'm, also I'm this, with these. There was this frozen pizza. I remember. Um, uh, we were on the water, so I remember at at at, at this at this this uh, yacht club. Oh God! People are just getting whatever. I don't give a shit what anyone says. Silver anymore. Spoon Man. Uh, people are gonna call me Silver Spoon Man. Um, but uh, my dad made a Turner boat for my sister. He actually built it. Um, and I would sit there and I'd eat Piggy's Pizza. And I, I think it's still around. Piggy's brand frozen pizza. But the guy at the yacht club, um, he used to he used to say that you eat so much so much pizza, you're gonna turn into a pizza. Is what he said to me back in the day. That's a good joke. I've that was one. Except that it, my, it was it, it kind of sucked when I had acne like four years later. Oh yeah, that that's tough because yeah. of the whole pizza face thing. I yeah. I had bad childhood acne as well as a teen. My grandma would that was a go to joke for my grandma. She'd be you eat so much of blank, you're gonna turn into blank. And I always thought that was a real hoot. For me, it was carrots. <laughs> I was eating you a lot eat of carrots. So much carrots, you're gonna turn in. You you ate too much carrots. Yeah, we my, my my grandma would make carrots, like make like buttered carrots or baby carrots. I loved them. So for like your grandparents, was it like did they have to like tr- force you to eat like fun snacks? <laughs> <laughs> you would you would stomp indoor and and demand broccoli or whatever. <laughs> I, no, I liked eating trash. Obviously, as a kid. I have this theory because I've always had a hard time getting into food. I think I had like innately have a bad palate, but I'll often forget to eat. And when I eat, I'm almost exclusively attracted to garbage. And I Mm. found like the baby journal that my mother kept when I was born and compared it to my siblings who were like eating normally. And mine is just about how she could not get me to nurse. Like from day one, I just like would not eat. And I think... Uh, the, the reason why I so greatly prefer like processed foods and frozen foods and things like that is that uh, I was such a fast food kid because they offered toys. And it was one of those things where I'd be like, I got to mm, go yeah. to this restaurant. I remember just like scarfing down McDonald's chicken nuggets that I didn't even really like. 
and having to convince my parents that I loved the way they tasted because I so badly wanted like the Fraggle Rock Racer or whatever. And so I oh think the Fraggle Rock Racer is great. Th- it was a great line. It was a great promotion. But I think there was the there's the part of me that's still like I get a much better aside from the fact that they're like chemically designed to make you happy. Frozen right. foods make me feel better because it's like a, a long tail Pavlovian response to I'm gonna get a toy at the end of this. Um, Griffin, I read my mom's journal too, and she said that when I was a baby, I was so hungry I emptied out her teat. <laughs> She was flat chested two weeks after you were born. It's like two Altoids on a on an ironing board over here. We got nothing left. Altoids on an ironing board. I remember reading someone in in the comments of some horrible movie website say that about Kira Knightley once, and it has never left Dear my mind. God. It was God. so gross. I, it has just stuck with me forever. I, f- I feel like I feel like I always am like oh I wish like IMDb message boards still existed, and now well, hearing that I'm like oh yeah there was a reason that they went away. <laughs> it was <laughs> almost definitely on the IMDb message board because that was the only kind of discussion that was had there. I loved the IMDb message board, and I feel like now it would there like if you went on the IMDb message board now, there would be like arguments about whether like. The coronavirus pandemic is real, <laughs> right? Yeah. So or whether five like, G called it caused it. Yes, it would I'll just suck. say thank God the IMDb message boards are shut down, and we have non toxic platforms to communicate on, <laughs> yes. like Facebook, Reddit, Reddit. Twitter, all these places. Four mm-hmm. chan, I mean, <laughs> uh, Nick, as as I got as I got a bit older, um, the I moved on to DiGiorno, which I say I don't. I don't think DiGiorno is that good, but I remember when DiGiorno came out, it was kind of a revelation when it came out. They, they it marketed fe- it as the prestige frozen yes. pizza, and it was at a higher price point. I don't know if it still is. I don't think it is anymore, but I think just at the time, like having like a thicker crust and like it felt like having kind of like a meatier, thicker pizza was kind of like this like revolution in, in frozen pizzas. But that, it was yeah. that. And then I remember my dad tried, he bought like freschetta a couple times. I did not like freschetta. And then when I went away to college, Tony's pizza be, kind of became my, uh, Tony's go, forgot about go-to. Tony's and Tony's is kind of similar to tombstone. I got to give credit to Tony's and tombstone where like Tony's kind of does come in a bigger box, but I like the packaging of both tombstone pizzas, a package just in plastic, a piece of cardboard on the back and a piece of paper over the top of it. It's as far as packaging goes, which is which is always wasteful and bad. Yeah, it doesn't seem as bad as other as other things. It's pretty minimal with tombstone. Have you guys ever made the mistake? This is an embarrassing one. You put the tombstone in with the cardboard disc underneath. Ooh. Oh wow! Yeah, Fool's I've, I've done that by mistake before. It's really it's I, rough because then the bottom doesn't crisp up. David, you were nodding. I I almost I didn't do it, but I. As I was unwrapping and I was looking at the cardboard, I was like, is this supposed to go in there? Because I remember once in college putting some frozen pizza just right on the rack and it like kind of like sank into the rack and you couldn't pry it out like oh, it needed Jesus. to be on. But obviously yeah. the, 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 the geniuses of Tombstone have solved whatever that is because like that thing comes out easy. I cannot believe what I am hearing here. There is <laughs> nothing I take more seriously put more care, concern, and preparation into than baking a tombstone. I, I can't even imagine fucking up that royally. 
I might leave the oven on when I leave the house or would hypothetically were there gas running to my oven. <laughs> I would never, ever forget to throw out the cardboard before putting a tombstone in the <laughs> oven. What, what did you do to heat these up, Griffin, if you didn't have a working oven? Yeah, so I have a toaster oven, and that's the thing. I've okay. been, I, I had a toaster oven when I moved in. I've been living off a toaster oven for the last year and a half. I thought, let me grow up and get gas to a real oven so I can make more complicated dishes and not just thaw out frozen foods. Um, but so I'm perfectly set up for a tombstone. Got it. Yeah. So Tombstone Pizza was founded in Medford, Wisconsin. Uh, its founder... Joe Simak, he had a bar across the street from a graveyard in Medford called the Tombstone Tap. And while he was running that bar, he broke his leg. And so he thought like he just was like, for whatever reason, that motivated him to have sort of a change in his life. So he started making Tombstone Pizza, which was him and his brother packing pizzas in dry ice and delivering them by car at first, turned into this gigantic global brand now owned by Nestle. Um, and I And this is a thing you brought up earlier, Griffin, but... Part of our odyssey in the le- the run-up to this episode, which has been on the books for a couple weeks, is trying to obtain the tombstones themselves. Uh, the website lists a bunch of different varietals, like, you know, like your half and halves. There's a hamburger tombstone. There's a garlic bread crust. I don't think any of us were able to come across any of these rarer tombstones. They're just not available right now. No, they seem to be in, in pretty limited distribution. Um as I was sort of looking into it, and I put a lot of effort into this, <laughs> I checked. Yeah, Griffin um, sent me some some feverish texts about this. Truly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like manic things. I probably checked like maybe 15 different stores in the middle of a pandemic. Good and I God. have barely left my house in the last six weeks. So like two of my only trips outdoors were spent just like doing like the equivalent of a pub crawl going to various frozen foods, food fridges looking for them but also checking the website where it's supposed to list places where different varietals are in stock and then checking all the delivery sites and your instacarts and your walmarts and your targets that try to keep a good like digital inventory of specific locations and at no point did i ever see any other flavor in stock anywhere other than there was one tombstone in New Jersey that had four meat. That was you went to New o- Jersey? No, we didn't go. I On the website. Okay, okay. Jesus it was a Walmart, Christ. not a tombstone, to I'm be sorry, clear. I'm sorry. Yeah. It was a Walmart in New Jersey. Because Dave and I had, had the conversation, and I was like, if we find a garlic bread in stock in New Jersey, and it's less than an hour away, would you drive? Would yeah, you do I the I want to be clear. I never said yes to that. You I just kind of let that float. Yeah. And then I emailed Weiger and said, so just so you know, David has committed to driving to New Jersey. <laughs> David, David at no point said yes. He just said, okay, interesting. And then I emailed sure. you and said, we will do it if it ever goes in stock. I kept on checking individual Walmarts in New Jersey, and they had a lot of uh, Tombstone Funko Pops in stock. It oh, seems sure. there's a real surplus of those right now. But just the the main two flavors everywhere. And every grocery store I went to, it was like they didn't even have, like, the barcode as a skew for anything other than cheese and pepperoni. So I feel like 95% of their distribution is those two flavors. That's what it feels. It feels like that's what what I came across the most. Uh, By Tombstone Fungal Pops, you mean from the—you mean, like, Wyatt Earp and— the, yes. from the movies okay yes. yes from the yes got it but i'll say so i the, would gladly buy a funko pop of just a tombstone pizza 
<laughs> maybe the founder, maybe that guy. Or the founder, yeah. yeah. The founder's he's like, great. Yeah. He's got a little pizza on a, you know, one of those <laughs> long stick things. What do you call those things? Pizza platter? Sure. <laughs> So the ones I got were I I found a I found I went to two different stores um and I was able to find a pepperoni at at the Target and then at the Ralphs uh which is a Kroger brand I was able to find the Supreme and the Five Cheese. Mm-hmm. So that was the the Triforce that I was able to run with. Uh what did everyone else track down? Uh Mitch, let's start with you. I got one singular pizza. <laughs> Uh, a three. Che- what do you want from me, Wager? You want me to go to every I mean, grocery fine. store? No, I don't want you. To, I don't off. want you to make a bunch of trips. <laughs> no, I just I, said I, I don't want you to do that. I, I went to one grocery store before. I've I've been to the grocery store once before this happened. Actually, I went to two places when this was all going down, and I bought a bunch of groceries. I went last night with the intention of just buying frozen pizza, and then since there was no one there, I was at an Albertsons. I just bought a bunch of food because no one was there, and I figured now is the time to stock up and get out of there. Right. Um, but it's given me so much anxiety to go to the grocery store. I don't like doing it. But it's anxiety-inducing. It's scary it, right now. Yeah. I, I didn't. I, I I was I was wondering about going to like if if they didn't have it at Albertsons, I was going to go to the Ralphs. But they had all and they had two big boxes of it. But it was all three cheese pizza. So I got myself a three cheese pizza, which you saw I believe, me eating. I, I just want to verify. I, 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 it's the one I had is a five cheese, and on their right, website well, they specify on. five cheese. Is it is it five or three? Because well, if this I'm is a gonna, different, I'm gonna go get the wrapper right now. Okay, Mitch is gonna dig the wrapper out of the trash while he's doing that. Uh, Griffin, what did you track down? I I got a five cheese and a pepperoni, which I believe is got the it. same two that David got. I would love it if somehow it is revealed from this wrapper <laughs> that Mitch purchased the only three cheese in existence. <laughs> it's like a two dollar bill or whatever. Like. <laughs> You found like a weird misprinted pizza. <laughs> they just ran out of Parmesan that day. <laughs> I don't know. Mitch Make just, this one three. Who cares? Mitch just ate a pizza that's worth like $8,000 in the secondary market. <laughs> we should also mention that Mitch was finishing this pizza when we started recording. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Mitch, is, Mitch still- is still foraging. What, David? <laughs> David, you got the you got the cheese and the pepperoni as well. Yes, I ate the pepperoni for as my l- dinner last night, and the five cheese as my lunch today. I yeah, so I did. I, I spaced them out a little too. I had the pepperoni for dinner a couple nights ago, and then for lunch today, I had the supreme and the five cheese, which I ate about half of each. Boy, it is really easy to take a single tombstone to the oh, dome. I, I, I had yeah. no trouble clearing those. Th- like, I, I believe I the, the rapper has this slightly passive-aggressive, like, one-quarter portion is, like, a, a good meal or something on it. Yeah. Uncar Plutt rules. Uncar yeah. Plutt's yeah, there. Yeah. It's very Uncar Plutt. Is, is Uncar Plutt is doing, the, he's doing the portion control on these things? Yeah. <laughs> that was absolutely a joke worth telling three times. <laughs> I have no regrets about all of us rushing to that joke. Okay, Mitch is holding up. What I can't I can't read what this is. Is this a three cheese? You fucking sharpied that. Okay, all right. Mitch al- Mitch altered. Mitch Much- used a sharpie to alter his wrapper from five cheese to three yes, cheese. This is it's, obvious. It's, it's, it's 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 yes. You think I was trying to trick you this by writing three? By the way, by the way, it's like Trump's storm map. <laughs> by, by the way, Weiger, uh, the Sharpie brand called Pen. What do you think? That's a Sharpie. 
That's oh, a straight I said up it was pen. a sharpie. I said it was a sharpie. That's my bad. It's hard to tell how th- yeah. thickness of the pen you were using. It's you you you'd scribbled it in pretty thick there. That looks like a good clean line, Mitch. Yeah. Pens come in one size in this house. Thin and small, all right? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say it. You know what I was fucking saying. I threw it out. It was a five cheese pizza, Nick. Five Dude, cheese Mitch pizza. Has somehow tracked down the only two inch Bic pens. <laughs> <laughs> I'll start with the Supreme since I was the only one who got it. You know what? 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 what, what that's a that's a fun dystopian movie. That in high school, like you can only use a pen that's as big as your dick. <laughs> Boy, so, yeah, that would be that is a that is very dystopian. <laughs> I could see that being in like a David Lynch movie. Yeah, you would have to two hand that thing, Liker. <laughs> All right, let's take it easy. Yeah, it would be like the fucking the Flintstones when they get that piece of meat and it knocks okay. over. You would, your desk would fall over. So the Supreme Pizza, Sonny Corleone over here. <laughs> uh, Supreme crust. Supreme is original crust with a zesty sauce, uh, cheese, sausage, pepperoni, onions, peppers, and olives. I will say that this was my least favorite. And as I was going through these, I feel like. There's kind of an addition by subtraction with the tombstones, where the simpler they got, the more I enjoyed them. When the the veggie mm. toppings, I feel like don't freeze as well as the meat toppings. Like they and and in particular, like the the peppers and the olives are just kind of inert and flavorless, um, and they were really just adding texture. Um, and uh, you know, I, I just feel like all the stuff on here—the the the sausage, the pe- the pepperoni, the onions, the peppers, olives—it's unkapachka. Like just get, just I don't need all this. <laughs> I could Christ. I could do with a little bit less. It's a hat the on a pepperoni, hat. Hat, and a hat. A hat on a hat for sure. The pepperoni I thought was quite good. I could have used the pepperonis to like you know cup up a little bit. I I'm honestly wonder because the 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 recommended temperature is 400, and I almost wonder if I should do these at like if I was doing these again if I do them on I'd made them by the letter of the law. I just did the instructions verbatim just to try to do it right. I kind of wonder if I want to do these on like 425 and crisp them up a little bit. I wonder if that would help. Oh, it. I don't know. Mine was crispy. Mine was crispy as hell. The cheese pizza. So it might just be individual oven oven variants here. Well, but here's that's the, the thing, thing you too, always have to that- account for. I put mine in before it got to the actual 400 level, so I wonder if while the oven was heating up, if it was more intense and maybe crisped it a little bit. My, I, I think was, that's I was, the opposite of how it works. <laughs> well, right? I don't know, Nick. I, I mean, I put it in for. I only put it in because it was 17 to 19 minutes, and I and I put it up to 400, and I put it in like the oven had been on for a little bit, but it hadn't reached 400 degrees. It hadn't beeped yet because I, I was it beeped about five or six minutes after I put it in the oven, and yeah. when I opened it up 17 minutes later, 18 minutes later. I, it was close to like almost too burnt, but it was that weird thing of the edges were very crisp. The middle, I was like, is this middle not done enough? But then when I cut it, it was perfect. Wow. Uh, what did you guys think of that that pepperoni? I, I think it's delicious. Uh, I mean, you know, I as a kid was such a, uh, a vanilla eater. I was so sort of picky about everything that I was plain cheese only. So when Tombstone was so important to me in my childhood, I was only ever having the cheese version. Um, So the pepperoni has been a recent discovery for me. And I do think they have maybe the best frozen pepperoni in the game. It's just there's something about it. I agree with you that I would like a little more of the curl. I feel like in my mind's eye, the, the tombstones of my youth, baked by my mother, uh, were crispier. (laughs) 
And I was trying to achieve that level of crispiness with my weak-ass toaster oven. So I put it in for an extra five minutes, the second pie I had, which was the five cheese. Got it a little bit closer. I do wish I had maybe gone up to 425 in the same way. I feel like Tombstone is best when the crust is really, really sort of almost crackery and the cheese is kind of browned. Um, but because I, that was how it was prepared for me when I was young, because I wasn't having pepperoni at the time, I can't even imagine how the pepperoni would taste in those conditions. But I still think it's a it's a great pie. It's a great topping. Uh, David, did you like that pep? Yeah, the pep was actually my favorite. I feel like you're building wow. up to the maybe the, the less is more, as you're saying. But uh, the pep, I agree. With, I, I also like the little cup pepperoni style, you know, that curls up and it's got that little kind of like pad of oil in it sometimes like that's great and these pepperoni were more routine but like frozen pepperoni can be gross and this was not gross at all i find like you know what i mean like sometimes the frozen pepperoni kind of like instantly makes me i don't know makes my stomach like turn upside down this was perfect uh the sauce is like pretty tangy like i was just really surprised at uh at how like well balanced the whole thing was because like a bad frozen pizza i feel like there's too much sauce you burn your mouth right away and you're sort of like off to a bad start yeah i will say that and this is a this is this is a a bit of advice from the tombstone website Uh, they're frequently asked questions why are tombstone pizzas so hot answer tombstone pizza bakes up hot we know this will be tough but let our pizza stand for five minutes before diving in for a tasty bite. Yeah, so they are yeah. recommending you rest I, the pizza. I understand, yeah. Yeah, I, I think you got to do that before you, you cut into it. Don't just eat it this, right away. Nick, what we call Freddy Krueger mouth, this will cause a real Freddy Krueger mouth situation. Yes. I, I do um, like that the Tombstone website has empathy for me, that they know it will be tough for me <laughs> to leave it there for five minutes. It, true, it is the, the battle I wage every time. Another fascinating thing about the Tombstone website is that you can rate their pizzas on the website, That's and the, cool. the pepper the pepperoni is currently at one point five out of five stars, which what? I think is pretty low. I think what that is 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 disappointed customers are going there, and they're you know it's it's the Yelp effect where just the only the complainers are weighing right. in, the 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 enthusiasts aren't doing anything. But hey, if you're out there and you and you like Tombstone, maybe uh you know goose that score a little bit. What, maybe our what listeners the fuck? could. What? That's such an insane. Like, what did you? What were you expecting out of a frozen pizza? What the hell's going on here? Oh, yeah. This, this is interesting. I'm looking at the reviews now. They mm-hmm. recently updated their flavor. I don't taste much of a difference, but like all their new uh, branding oh, has so like big like... yellow text, full on flavor. And if you look at the low reviews here, all of them are, "Why did you change the flavor?" Was great until they oh, quote unquote improved wow. it. Wow, Griffin, so are you seeing this review that says, "I'm on bended knee." <laughs> Someone says I'm on bended knee. Someone says I'm desperate. I need my old tombstone back. I'm on bended knee here. Please. This is a great one. Ah, my ah, that's simple- by Spoonman underscore Quincy. <laughs> <laughs> this one says my simple ask, change it back. I was forced to buy your competitors, Jax, Red Baron, and DiGiorno. I was wow. desperate. <laughs> This is the bended knee guy. This guy's incredible. That's the bent. Yeah. Wow. He's a real poet. Wow. I do say I probably like Red Baron. Well, we'll get into all that. I'm just gonna say I was surprised by the quality of the pizza, Nick. I think yes. it's. I think it's a pretty. It's it's. 
And look, the thing I remember most about Tombstone is what do you want on your Tombstone, those commercials. Mm -hmm. I don't really remember having the pizzas. I'm sure that I had Tombstone pizzas before, but I don't really remember having them. I, 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 and I, look, I didn't have the pepperoni, and I, I always like to judge a pizza based on the cheese. But my cheese was pretty good. It was a, yeah. it was a, it was a, it was a crispy, tasty. The like the sauce isn't in that category of like sometimes with frozen pizza you get either like too sweet of a sauce mm-hmm. or the sauce has like too much of an oregano taste. And I thought the sauce on the tombstone was 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 really decent. It's a nice sauce. And I think that that's a huge huge factor in frozen pizza. And of course, I think cheese honestly is the 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 factor that matters the least with frozen pizza. I think it's the crust, the sauce, and then the cheese. But um, this the and, and also the 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 crust on this guy a little thick. It's a little a little bit thicker. The bottom of it feels like uh, uh like gravelly or, or it feels like a like a dirt path. If you have you if you oh god, <laughs> it wasn't quite my did experience. You, did you drop your pizza <laughs> in your driveway? Like, I've been, I've, sure been, I've been need pl- some I'm, pebble pizza. <laughs> I've been playing too much Animal Bedrock. (laughs) (laughs) I've been playing too much Animal Crossing, and so I went to a comparison of how it tastes like the ground. Look, it's it's like clay like. It's like a thick bottom, Nick. It's a very thick bottom of the pizza. I still don't quite. It just doesn't quite track for me. Like I, I did. I didn't think it was that thick. I, I thought it was like a. It was like a normal. It's not like pan thick. You know, it's it, it's like I don't a normal. Mean, I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't mean thick. I, I just. I just feel like at the bottom of it is like it feels cardboardy. It doesn't. It doesn't. When when you first put it in the oven. Mm. Yes, uh, f- famously gravelly cardboardy. <laughs> Cardboard is always so bumpy. Griffin, Griffin, <laughs> you and I were alike, and now I'm fucking pissed off. <laughs> wow, I said it's gravelly. not easy to get. Not easy to make Mitch mad. <laughs> I, I said I said I said gravelly and I was wrong. I fucked up with gravelly. I, I will say it's, it's car it's cardboard esque. It's, it's I agree the, with the that. bottom of it. Right. Yes. Okay. The Di- yeah, the DiGiorno's like the right. type pizza that's more like of a big fat sort of cakey crust. I don't yeah. like that. Like that's not my vibe at all. I think crisp no. is better. Yeah. I think yeah. so too. I think I kept on thinking while eating these tombstones. The thing that the two of you always say. But especially Mitch always says, and I agree with strongly, is that mm. like Taco Bell isn't Mexican food. It's Taco Bell. It's great for yes. Taco Bell. You can't view it as authentic Mexican food. And I think right. what's smart about Tombstone as a company is that I think they do the same thing with their pizza. Like the cornerstone of the DiGiorno's marketing campaign is this, it's not delivery, it's DiGiorno's thing, which I call fucking bullshit on. There is no one who has ever been tricked by a DiGiorno pizza. Yes, DiGiorno has all of the hallmarks of a frozen pizza, <laughs> including the overreaching, like the yeah. overambition of can we make this feel like a pizza from a pizzeria, which you will just never achieve in a home oven. Yeah. And I think Tombstone yeah. is very smart about A, prioritize the sauce like cheese everyone's got cheese cheese freezes well it melts well we'll casually put five cheeses on there but that's not the name of the game the game is put as much flavor into the sauce as you can and make that crust as sort of crackery as possible so you get the best advantages of home sort of toasting versus whenever i eat a DiGiorno's which is very rarely it does feel like you're eating like a, a pizza made on top of like some Pillsbury product, you know? Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. too bread like versus crust like. 
you you want you want when you're using a pizza cutter you want to you want to crunch through that yes. that pizza crust. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And look, I'm gonna make I'm gonna I'm gonna make a confession. I dropped my pizza in gravel. <laughs> <laughs> And I said yabba dabba do, and I ate the whole thing with the gravel on it. The Flintstones don't eat gravel. What the fuck am I talking about? It, it would be a weird heightening of the Flintstones where they're like, they even eat rocks. That's, that's how much they're in the Stone Age. I've been indoors for too long. I got a headache, Wagger. What do you want from me? All right. I, 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 I'm losing my mind over here, okay? It's Irma's fine. in You're the kitchen. Fine. I don't know what she's doing in there. You're doing fine. I, I, the, so you mentioned the, the cheese being simple, and it is, and and kind of like beside the, you know, it's it, it's not a it's not a huge thing in your the way you were prioritizing the ingredients here, Mitch. But I will say that I think the blend of cheeses, the five cheeses they have here, mozzarella, yes. cheddar, parmesan, asiago, and romano, work well. And I think they, they it's do. got a good cheesy, ooey gooey, so soft and chewy, uh, cheesy flavor. I really enjoy it. And I, and I was I was biting them as like I kind of wish this cheese blend was available on like the I'd like to kind of try this with some toppings, but as a cheese pizza, I think I think it was excellent. I I was I'll say this I wasn't I wasn't belittling that cheese of course still matters it's an important thing I just think that so many pizza frozen pizzas you get turned off immediately by like an overpowering sauce and I think that the sure. sauce is like one of the key ingredients or Obviously, a bland you can break down. sauce sometimes or I feel like yes. right. Yeah. Like, I tried uh, Elio's recently in this quarantine, mm-hmm. which I hadn't had in a while, and that's one for me where I was like, this sauce is giving me nothing. I feel like I'm yeah. eating a grilled cheese. I right. need the sauce to be making its own sort of statement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, well, and, and, and you, can get, you can get that like cheese that like barely even melts into covering the pizza. You know what I mean? Like, it's just specks of cheese on top of sauce. Uh, but this cheese is not like that. It, it, it looks... It looks like a, a real pizza. It feels like a real pizza, but like Griffin said, it's Taco Bell. It's you're, it's not it's not it's Taco Bell is not Mexican food, but it's Taco Bell and it's great. And much like Taco pizza, Bell, they're mm-hmm. doing the calculation of in this case, quantity is quality. Like there is a mm-hmm. ceiling to frozen cheese on a frozen pizza. So let's throw yes. five of those on and just walk yeah. away. And it works. I, I, it totally. works. It works. Uh, well, let's get to our final thoughts on Tombstone Pizza. So we will each go around. We will give a our summation of our feelings on this brand and then end by giving it a rating from zero to five forks. David Sims, we'll begin with you. Okay. Um, I do think part of the joy for this, uh, for me, is that I don't get to eat enough frozen pizza, and so there was a nice little nostalgic kick for that. But like we said, I mean, that the, the first thing that surprised me, nice tangy sauce, ingredients perfectly balanced. Um, I, the, the five cheese I, I thought was great, but I, did, I needed a little bit of something extra, so the pepperoni was my favorite. But I mean, the five cheese was like a great basic pie. So I don't really have a lot of complaints about Tombstone Frozen Pizza at all. Uh, you know, easy to make. The packaging is pretty limited. So uh, is it crazy for me to go four and a half forks? Wow. wow. Four and a half forks for Tombstone Pizza. Very high score. I mean, I'm uh, grading it on a frozen food, you know, sort of spectrum, I guess, but I, I would think put that's it very fair. high. I think that's fair. All right, Griffin Newman, go for it. 
So as I said, I have a long-standing history with with the frozen pizza sector. I feel like I have tried most brands, and so I'm really trying to think about where this rates in the grand scale. Uh, unlike David, I, I feel like I have a lot of comparison points here. And while I was eating and I was asking myself, is this the single best frozen pizza on the market? And as I started to run through it in my head, if we're talking like straight pizza, so I would include something like Elio's, even though it's a weird size, but I wouldn't include like bagel bites, you know, or right. like Totino's mm-hmm. pizza rolls, uh, which is maybe my favorite frozen pizza product. Um, the only one I could think of that I like more than this is the Newman's Own frozen pizza, Uh, which I think is incredibly good and is one of the few frozen pizzas that can get away with having a couple toppings and having them hold up well. Tombstone, I agree. I think you're probably best in a one-topping lane. So anything that's like a five-meat, a supreme, I would stay away from. But like that hamburger pizza sounds really good. Classic sausage and the pepperoni is amazing. I think it's about as good as you can get for like... You know, a, a, a blue-collar frozen pizza. And I even think it surpasses a lot of the higher-end artisanal frozen pizzas. I think it runs laps around, like, Amy's frozen pizza. Mm-hmm. And I like most of the Amy's line. So I think if you're judging it on that scale relative to how good a frozen pizza can be, I, mm-hmm. I got to give it a, a 4.75. Wow. wow, four forks Holy three shit. times. I mean, I, I said, is there anything holding it back from a five? And in my mind, I said, I, I think it is possible to make one slightly better, but it's hard. And I should mention, wow. I plussed up my pizza on this eating. Uh, when I took it out of the oven last night, the five cheese, it had broken off into three weird pieces. Like, I think I got a, one that was kind of busted when it was still frozen. Um, so the sides came off of it. And I'll send this to you guys in the chat, but it ended up turning into like a what looked like a big triangular slice of tombstone, which was really wow. fun. Uh, it was like a fun form factor. And then what I did was I said like this, this big tombstone slice looks like it's begging out for some dipping. So I went into my fridge and I, of course, reclaimed my status on the Doughboys podcast as the king of cranch. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Wow! An important first round pick for me on my rare quarantine supermarket trips. I stocked up on cranch. cranch. I dipped that fucking tombstone in the cranch. And I would argue that that is a five forker. If you're able to dip your tombstone in some cranch, (laughs) you're looking at a five fork meal. Wow. Griffin, uh, I'm you, looking you, at this you, gigantic you, slice. It's like a, it's like a big. It's a. You guys are New Yorkers. It's a big New York style slice. You got to fold in half. This thing's a monster. It hey, was fun. I need some coffee. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, I like that's Tony a scene that makes from Green Book. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Racism. I don't like it. I do. Who knows? Cranch in one hand. Giant pizza slice in the other. I was amazed you could... New York, New York to my wall. <laughs> Tony Lip at the at the uh, the you know Copa. They were always like, "Hey, go get some more cranch. We're running low, Tony." <laughs> Tony Lip would have called me a coward for needing to break it off into a slice like that. He would just yeah. straight fold a tombstone. He would unhinge his jaw. It's true. <laughs> hey, Griffin. Uh, I think you'd be happy to know that when we were in uh, Cleveland. Uh, we got a, a chant of cranch going. I heard that. That's true. It made me yeah. really, really happy. Uh, Nick, I, that's right. It was Cleveland, correct, Nick? That sounds right. 
Okay. Well, well, I agree with Drew Carey. Cleveland rocks. If they like Cranch, <laughs> speaking as the king of Cranch and the duke of frozen foods, Cleveland's all right by me. I, I, I these are these are high numbers. My Cranch, by the way, yeah. since uh, since you recorded with us last, it got tossed. I don't know how long Cranch is good for. You gave me a bottle of Cranch, which I put in yeah. my suitcase and <laughs> brought right. back to New York City with me. <laughs> That's I've gotten right. crunched several times since we recorded, including the bottle I have proudly on my desk right now. <laughs> Dear God. It's a great condiment. It's good. I was worried it was going to be discontinued, so I stocked up for a while. <laughs> Smart move. <laughs> All right, Mitch, Nick, your, your thoughts, your fork rating. I, like I said, I hadn't, uh, I hadn't um, really experienced tombstones in the past. Beyond what do you want on your tombstone? Which the answer for me is Mike Mitchell from 1982 to 2020. Hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was I was I walked away from Tombstone impressed. I like kind of basic. I like Celeste still. I like Tony's pizzas. Like like I like kind of a basic pizza like that. And I feel like this. I think Griffin's right that this is kind of like, oh, it's a working man's frozen pizza, but I also feel like it is a little bit fancier than a Tony's or Celeste. It's it's trying a little bit more to be an actual pizza and much larger, and and, and much much larger. Uh, that's I broke mine down into four quarter per portions. <laughs> oh, I said I fucked up the Unkar plot line. This is how bad my day is going today, Nick. You're doing fine. Four quarter portions. <sighs> Sucks. You're fine. Don't worry about it. No, I suck. Um, no, you're fine. No. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I don't know. You can you can just do a review. I'm not even going to review it. No, what? we want to hear your we want to hear your review. Everyone no. wants to hear it. Come no, we want to hear it. Mitch. No. Once once I fucked up four quarter per, per oh see I can't even say it again. <laughs> that could be like some sort of Unkar Plut cat thing. I don't. I'm trying to I'm trying to help you here. <laughs> I broke it into four quarter portions, and hey! then I ate. There we go. And then I ate each quarter of that portion. I ate the whole pizza, except for maybe a, like a half of the last slice. Fourteen hundred calories, Nick. It's, uh, it's I, a lot. I wish it. I, it's a lot for what doesn't seem like a lot. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like I wish that I wish that it was. I wish it was less calories for what I just for what you take down because I think. I think most people could take down a tombstone pizza. I don't think it's hard. I think what you did, Nick, is like I think two pieces, if you break it into fourths or three, is probably filling. But uh, two, I'd maybe if I had two for lunch, I feel like I might still be hungry. Maybe need a salad or something. Anyways, um, I enjoyed it, and I was happy that I went with. I for me, the 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 way to judge a pizza is with cheese pizza. So I was happy that at yes. least that the one that was left was a cheese pizza. And from uh, from what you guys are saying, what 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 do you want on your tombstone? It sounds like cheese is maybe is the best option overall. I, th- I think pepperoni. I think so. Pepperoni is also okay. good. I mean, yeah. I think that I think those are the top two. Um, but yeah, Nick, I was I was I was I was thoroughly surpri- surprised. I uh, I'm gonna I'm not gonna go as high as these guys. I'm gonna go with a four 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 forks on this guy. Just a flat four. Four um, forks. Very as, good far, score. As, as far as frozen pizza goes, you could do way, way, way worse. So, um, Mitch, I will. I think that's a very good. I think that's a very good score. These are high scores. 
but this is a very good frozen pizza. Mm. And you to to what you were saying, it was like uh, it's 1,400 calories if you eat the whole pizza. Yes, I feel like for an adult with a healthy appetite, which we all are, one pizza is one serving. And I think it's deceptive yeah. for them to try to... It's, it's like when you get a Gatorade bottle and it's like... Uh, two and a half servings are in this. Like, give me a fucking break. You, you know yeah, I'm drinking like 240 this 240 calories for a Gatorade. God damn. Yeah, it. I'm not drinking this over the course of three days. No like, one's splitting a tombstone. No one's no saving one's more yeah. tombstone for no, later. You're not going to yes. put it in the fridge. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Th- this is a this is a dinner for one, uh, but it's a fun dinner for one. And what you were saying about it being 1,400 calories, Mitch, that's basically I, I looked it up. That's it's in the range of a Chipotle burrito. With guacamole and cheese and sour cream and a protein. Wow. If you load it, if you load up your Chipotle burritos, a lot of people do. You're getting about fourteen hundred calories. So it's not like wow. this is some crazy, unprecedented, you know, meal versus some of the other things that that you might be eating, putting in your body if you listen to this podcast. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't go nuts. Yeah, about I, that. I, I, I agree with that. I don't, th- I don't, I don't think that it's. I just wish that it was less calories. I mean, like, yeah. I was slightly surprised that it was fourteen hundred calories, but it's not that surprising. I mean, it's a cheese pizza. Yes. Uh, Supreme, is, Supreme was okay. Pepperoni was good. Five Cheese was great. I think this is a very solid brand. I, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's a, a really good on the scale of, of frozen pizza, if that's what we're comparing it to. I like, to I, like, I like Tombstone the name. I like the theming. I like what do you want on your Tombstone. I think it's up there with your Mama Celeste. The nice Italian grandmother and your, uh, your Red Baron, the World War I a uh, fighter race for Germany, right? <laughs> uh, which is weirdly a, weirdly a pizza mascot. But I, I like that though they have the, some fun with it. DiGiorno's less fun to me. Tombstone's fun. Mama Celeste is fun. Tony, the pizza, classic pizza chef, is fun. Red Baron is fun. And Tombstone is good. It's good quality. And I think I'm, it belongs to the Golden Plate Club. Oh. So four wow. forks Triumph. for Tombstone pizza. It's just a good quality frozen pizza. Nick, I yeah. think this... It, I think it belongs in the the Frozen Plate Club. Wow. wow. The Frozen Plate Club, canonically established for the first time in this episode. Oh, my God. I'm part of history. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, Frozen, first member of the Frozen Plate Club, Tombstone Pizza. We'll see if anything wow. else gets in over the course of Doughboy's topical freeze. That was our review of Tombstone Pizza. It's time for a segment. Mitch, we did this for the first time a couple weeks ago with our friend Jen D'Angelo. I've got a food-related survey, and Mitch and David and Griffin will compete to guess the results. It's time to play the family food. Theme song for the family food, the Richard Carn Nick, era you're, family you're food remix. Up, you're putting up, you're putting up the answers. Okay, okay, I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll stop sharing my screen. I'll put this in a different tab. Immediately okay. share the answers. Yeah, I read three answers before I okay. realized what was All right, on well, the this screen. Is, this is going to be a little bit of a a fraudulent exercise. That's all right. We can fix this. Okay. The f- no, we can't. <laughs> no, this will be fine. Did you guys see all the answers? I saw. Yeah. Th- I, I clocked at least two. Okay, here's what I'm going to do. I am going to, as we're doing this, I am going to find some different answers <laughs> that still fit the category. You're making a new segment on the flight. Look, look. I, the, I'll give you. I'll give you. I'll give, I'll give you a second is, here. 
the survey you got is what? Best food movies of all time. Yes. And I am going to, instead of you doing the top seven answers, which you guys have seen some of now because I accidentally shared my screen, <laughs> I'm going to do answers eight through 14. Oh, the more niche ones. Okay. Then. The more, yes. So the answers eight through 14, if it's, if it's one through seven, you don't get credit for it, but if it's eight through 14, as voted by fans on ranker.com of best food movies, and they define food movies as movies that feature food and dining as a central theme. And I would, I would just say this as a hint, recency bias is a big thing with these kind of surveys. So, you will get a guess. Is number eight, is number eight Ratatouille? No. What, is that your first guess? No, because I saw Ratatouille on your screen. But that was I number said I'm one, changing the, right? that yeah. was number one, I'm changing the, one. the game. Ratatouille was number one? Ratatouille is number one, I said recency bias is a big thing. Dear God. All right, so top, top top food movies, we're going to go with 8 through 14. 8 through 14, see if you can guess them. Um, and uh, let's start with, Mitch, let's start with you. Well, this is probably in the higher level, but maybe it will, because recency, bi uh, recency bias -y. Oh, God. <laughs> recency bias -y? I know. I know. It's just not working for me today. Some days it just doesn't work. Some days it's hard to form words. I know I look, can relate to that. Look, for the for the double I was, you know, I was knocking out of the park. Barry Bonds. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm fucking Tim Tebow over here. Playing baseball, to be clear. Um I I'm gonna go with Goodfellas, Nick. I didn't see if it was in the top seven. I'm hoping because of uh because these are kind of weirder choices, it will fall down to the eight through fourteen range. Okay, Mitch's answer is Goodfellas. Is it on the board? Survey says. Wow. <laughs> Not on the board. Not on the board. All right, you don't have to ask me twice. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. It, uh, it hey, quick! Played. They're gonna they're gonna play the theme song. All right, could you cancel it in time? Okay, there we go. Uh, Mitch, you get it. You have your first of three strikes. By to be clear, you get you. It's whoever gets the most correct without collecting three strikes. If you get three strikes, you're out. Nick, I, I want to quickly say that we 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 need to discuss two things. One, yes, Commissioner Susser ran into David at Sundance. That's right, and he wants me to bring it up for for some reason. Okay. Uh, yeah, yes. Is that it? Is that he just wanted me to bring up the fact that you ran into him at Sundance? I guess so. <laughs> Um. Uh. Yeah. We. Uh. I can't remember. I guess he just goes to Sundance with his family. I think that's why he was there. I think he had some pals in movies there. But uh. Yeah. We. We ran into Sundance into each other at Sundance, and we uh had a very nice conversation in the library. Uh, which is the best place to get food at Sundance if you're ever at the film festival. They have the best sandwiches. They're kind of a secret. Go to the library. Um. And uh, it was great. Great to meet the commish. Very exciting. You saw Saucer at the fucking the best place to get food at the festival. <laughs> <laughs> we had all just right. seen uh, Palm Springs, the, the Andy Samberg movie that was the hit oh, of right. the festival. Wow. Oh, wow. Um, all right, Nick, Nick, you have also, one strike. I, I also just wanted to bring up, there is a thing we have to discuss before this episode ends, and it is what is better, Tombstone the Pizza or Tombstone the Movie? But let's keep going on with this, with this uh, game. We'll, we'll do that at the end. Okay. Okay. Griffin, you're up. Top seven answers, I believe that's correct, of uh, the, uh, sorry, we're, the answers we're looking for are eight through 14. The eight through 14th 
most popular food movies as voted on by Ranker. What is your guess? So the two that I clocked clearly when you were screen sharing were Ratatouille at number one, and then I believe I saw Charlie and the Chocolate Factory up there, but I'm not asking mm. you to tell me whether that's correct or incorrect. So part of me is curious whether it was that one or Willy Wonka, and if that's the case where they counted as separate entries, is one of them lower down on the list. I'm going to try to think, as you said, recency bias. If this is Ranker, I think they might have put a canonical classic food movie lower than most critics' list would. So I'm going to go out on a limb, even though it deserves to be higher, and guess that Big Night Great movie. was below number eight. Big Night mm-hmm. is your guess. My guess All right. is the Stanley Tucci, Campbell, Campbell Scott Tom. movie, Big Night. Amazing movie. Survey says... Wow. Big Night actually higher on the list. It's All number right. seven. All Big right. Night, people still like. People I'm like happy the nineteen ninety six release. There. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a great movie. One of the best food movies. And I was only off by one. Great scrambled eggs at the end. Ugh. He makes oh, the eggs. I love that scene. Uh, the God, omelet, what a whatever. great little scene. You know, the eggs. A little heartbreaking scene. Yeah. Uh David, your guess. All right. I'm going for just I'm just gonna trying to guess a recent mediocre food film. So I am going for John Favreau's Chef. John Favreau's Chef. I thought it would be higher. David's guess. It survey might be higher. says. Unfortunately, <sighs> Chef is way up there. Yeah. Drank number three. That's... 2014's John Favreau movie Chef, where he has a uh, a love triangle with <laughs> Sofia Vergara and Scarlett Johansson. That is accurate. Both can't keep their hands off of John Favreau. Why he's got those Cubanos? He's got those Cubanos. He's got a truck in Cubanos. One One of Griffin's favorite impressions that he's probably done on Blank Check 10 times is John Favreau talking about Cubanos in Chef. My impression is just saying, you gotta try these Cubanos. All right, everyone has one strike so far. No answers are off the board. Oh, this would have been so Nick. much better if I hadn't shared my screen. I messed up. <laughs> I, think, uh, well, let's, I, I think it's way better that we have to guess, like, okay yeah. food movies. That's a fun All right. challenge. Mitch your, Mitch, your guess. Something eight, eight through 14 on the list of, of best food movies. Nick, I'm going to go with Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. Good answer. <laughs> Survey says... Harold and Kumar goes to White Castle wasn't in the top... 14? My feeling is that their criteria seemed to be pretty strict where f- dining had to be a central theme. And I think that that probably heralded it's more of a road movie where they have a they have a food-based destination but it's not all that about eating. Is fucking bull. Okay. Take it up with Ranker. Uh, all right. Griffin, you're fucking up. more like more like Stanker. The site fucking <clears throat> sucks. <laughs> So I'm trying to go like really middling. Like I'm trying to yes. think of what are don't take films my pick, Griffin. Of the last 15 years, I got one just too. kind of banal Fuck. enough, but are totally restaurant based. I'm gonna guess the Catherine Zeta-Jones film, No Reservations. No reservations. Survey Dana, was says that your, was that your pick? No, it wasn't. I'm, but I, I, although I had that one, I was thinking about that one. Number wow. eight answer. So yeah. the number one yeah. one on our board, no reservations. <laughs> I just squeaked it in there. Just CZJ, Eckhart. Wow. Yep. Dream Team. Complain, the, the critic complains about their steak not being rare enough. From the and director so of Shine. Jones. 
Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's this, this director of Shine? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, all right, David, your turn. All right, my guess, uh, similarly mediocre. Maybe this is even this one is too famous for this list, but I'm going with Burnt. Bradley Cooper burnt. in Burnt. Okay. Show me Burnt. Damn. Yeah, wow. Burnt, not on there. Not on burnt. there. At, well, wow, that's actually rude to Burnt, even though Burnt yeah. sucks. <laughs> Burnt all the way down at 21 wow. on this list. So, yeah, I get that fell out of the, the collective consciousness pretty quick. All right, Mitch, you, you have two strikes. I know, Nick. I, I'm nervous here. I'm going to go. I hope that it helps me out here. I'm going with Diner. Great move. Mitch's guess, Diner. Survey says. <laughs> oh, fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> I think I, I like Diner. Great movie. Barry Levinson's first movie is that connected yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm I, fucking I like Diner, out. but I think I think I think people have kind of I think it's either people have forgotten about it, even though it is very good, or I think it maybe is just not. Again, doesn't have dining as a central theme. They just kind of go well, to this diner, but they're going around. I'm, I'm fucking knocked out. You have struck out of the competition. Wow. Mm-hmm. Like in baseball, three strikes means you're out. And like in bowling, it means you're a turkey. So, sorry, Mitch. Griffin, your guess. Okay, I'm going to take a swing here. Because I'm thinking about the fact that I saw a chocolate factory up there. Which is not Mm. like a dining movie, but is a movie that is very explicitly about food. I'm going to guess the animated film, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Ooh, that's good. A lot of food. Show me Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. <sighs> Not on the wow. list. At all. My fear nope. was it would be too high. Wow. No, I think it's not. I, you know what? Again, I think they just have very weird criteria for, Nick, for food movies. You've collected your second strike. Wow. Nick, I've, I've got the list open now, and Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs is actually 28th. Okay. Oh, it's all the way down at 28? Okay. Mm-hmm. Rude. That's too low. Yep. I feel like people just this, aren't seeing it on the list. This list is weird. Oh, and by the way, this list sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sucks, but Family Feud list sucks. That's the whole thing. Those lists suck. Yeah, America's no, bad. much better than this. <laughs> you ask 100 Good. people, you get bad lists. You get dumb answers. Uh, all right, David, your guess. All right, I'm going for a recent movie, definitely about food, that's maybe like slightly already enough to not make the top five or so. Jiro Dreams of Sushi, the... the Documentary. Show me Jiro Dreams of Sushi. Yes. You got one. Number All 12 right. answer Jiro Dreams of Sushi. In there. All right. Mitch is out. Griffin, you have two strikes and one correct answer. So David and I are dead tied here. You're both tied. This is the make it or break it round. Okay. I mean, Jiro is an interesting line of thinking because it's like, what would make a higher placement on a, a intelligent person's list might make the second rung on a ranker list. Thinking about the great food movies. Hmm. Also, remember, this list sucks. Yeah, Just I know. That's what's, that's what's tough. The mental exercise of like, what would I pick... If Let I me was put myself in basic, the right exactly. <laughs> what would be my hella basic choice? You know what? 
No guts, no glory. I'm I'm gonna take a big swing here. Because this is the make it or break it round. I believe that I saw Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory in the top three. So I'm going to guess that separately, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory placed lower. Show me Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Wow, that Number was Number nine answer. Wow. I mean, where it belongs. I had to take a swing. David, you have two strikes, one correct answer. Okay. Um, this is a fa- fast food podcast. And so I'm going to pick one of the best fast food movies. I'm going to say Good Burger. Show me Good Burger. Yeah. Number Thank 10. You, Kel and Keenan. Number 10. <laughs> All right. You guys have four correct. Three more answers are on the board. Wow. You each have two strikes. Good Burger Griffin was Newman. the one I had in my back pocket. Mm-hmm. So now well, I I'm took gonna, it from you. I know. I, I can't believe I didn't say Good Burger. Damn. It's the best huh. fast food movie. My worry was with Ranker, maybe that's number two. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm trying to think of a movie that Ranker would put high up there. So you got to assume John Dealman is not in the running. <laughs> sure. Tampopo is not in the running. Yeah, There's like water for cri- chocolate. Right, no Criterion <laughs> crossover with Ranker, I would think. But is there another, like, Jiro Dreams of Sushi-esque... Fuck, you know what? You know what? I, I, I may be showing myself here. I just said that I think there's no Criterion overlap, but I'm going to do this. I am going to guess my dinner with Andre. Ooh, that's good. Classic dinner movie. My dinner with Andre... Reviewed on the Doughboys Double, the episode, My Dinner with Weiger. Is it on the list? Not on the wow, list. Oh, that's trash. Yeah. yeah. Good dinner movie. It was a good answer. I mean, it was, it it was, was a very better, good answer. It was a better answer than what's on here. All right, Griffin, you have been eliminated. Uh, this wow. will decide, David, whether you two, whether the, the, the host of Blank Check tie... Or if David wins outright. Okay. If you can get a correct answer. Um, I'm going to go Artie as well. Movie we've covered on the show. I feel like it, it's famous enough that it might have made it in that area there. I'm going to pick Ang Lee's Eat, Drink, Man, Woman. Show me Eat, Drink, Man, Woman. <laughs> ah, Yes. God. David Sims, you win the family food. Thank you so much. I like the theme gets a little, little country. It gets keeps a little going. like honky tonk there. Yeah, <laughs> banjo gets going. It's a fun remix. Hold on a second. I want to talk about how bad that list sucked. <laughs> I almost picked Tortilla Soup, the remake of uh, Eat, Drink, Man, Woman, because I thought, but I decided to go the original. So the top seven that originally Ratatouille, Willy Wonka, <sighs> Chef, Julie and Julia. I feel dumb for not getting that one. That should have been a gimme. Which one? Julie and Julia? Yeah. Princess oh, and the Frog and Big yeah. Night. Those are the top seven. Wow. Princess the and the, the Frog? 
Princess and the Frog, yeah. The ones you didn't get in 8 what? through 14. I like that movie. It's not really a food movie. Well, she wants to start a restaurant. Yeah, but she doesn't actually do it until like right at the end. That's insane. Uh, the 2014 Helen Mirren film, The Hundred Foot Journey, <laughs> oh, wow. which I don't remember. Yeah. That's at number That's at number 11. And at number 13, Babette's Feast. Yeah, another arty one. I thought that was too arty to even guess. Some arty ones made it into the top 20, but not really into the top 10. Um, Mitch, you have any other entries you take particular issue with? I mean, I just think that, like, uh, to me... Goodfellas is more of a is more of like a food movie than some of these other movies. Like uh like the, the idea of just like even like making food and like chopping garlic and stuff like that that to me is more foodie than some of the answers on there. But you know, the list was bad and I did bad at the game. So what do you want from me? <laughs> I'm looking here. My dinner with Andre is all the way down at 39. That's oh insane. wow, I didn't even know the list went that far. That, that's just insane. It is ranked Jesus. number 21 on a list of the 28 best movies where nothing really happens. Wait, it didn't even make the top 10 of that? <laughs> I know! <laughs> what the hell? It is number 341 Wait. of the funniest 80s movies. Reservoir Dogs <laughs> is number four on that list, and everyone in that movie is murdered. Yeah, <laughs> like, we, things happen in Reservoir Dogs. So much Dogs. shit happens in that. Weird list. Weird list at Ranker. Hey, just like a restaurant value feedback, let's open up the feedback. Today's email comes from Jake Kaminsky. Jake writes, A pizza place with several locations in LA called Lucifer's offers a spicy pie called the Ring Burner. I believe the ring in question is the eater's butthole. <clears throat> this makes me not want to eat this pizza. What are some other gross names for menu items? So gross names for menu items is the question. Didn't we just have something similar to this? Didn't we say like kumquats and shit? <laughs> no, we were talking about funny food names. Oh, kumquats is funny. Yeah, funny, right. yeah. No. It's also also kind of gross. It is kind of gross because it sounds like cum. I think the ring burner is disgusting. I've no, I don't think I've ever encountered anything that vile. That's really gross. Lucifer's Pizza is not bad for, for an L.A. delivery place. It I've, can ha- be fine. I've had Lucifer's. Lucifer's is, Lucifer's is good. Yeah, it's it's. but I mean just like that me- that item name is pretty Oh, pretty I don't like wretched. that at all. I don't want to think about a butthole. Yeah. I, I'm not a millennial. I don't order up a fucking, I don't, I don't want to think about a butthole while I'm eating food. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I have an answer. I want to say in advance, uh, please don't cancel me. This will sound like me making a very tasteless joke. But this is, in fact, the real menu item I have come across. Uh, there is a deli in New York City, like a classic Jewish deli that's open 24 hours called Sarge's Delicatessen that I love in general. But they still, in the year 2020, have a sandwich on their menu that is called the Bill Cosby. Oh, and no. <laughs> that alone is like, okay, maybe a little bit out of the times, what have you. I want to read to you what the Bill Cosby uh, is. Because this is what pushes it over the edge to feeling uh, deliberately disgusting. Uh, the Bill Cosby is, uh, give me one second here. Uh, Sergeant Famous Burgers. Uh, yes, okay. The, the Bill Cosby is a cheeseburger topped with a grilled sliced hot dog. So it is literally <laughs> a wiener shoved in between two buns unnaturally. <laughs> oh, boy. Dear God. Every time I see it on the menu, it feels like it's describing an attack. That's awful. God, that's vile. That it's literally just a wiener snuck in to a dish where it doesn't belong. 
And eh, I don't know. I'd eat that. It sounds okay. <laughs> Call sounds it something good. else and I'd eat it. Oh, sure. <laughs> Call Just it saying, the Bob Saget. It. And I'd order two. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have a full house. <laughs> nah, I'm sorry. I hope this doesn't get me in trouble, but um, I've, uh, I, I've, I'm postmating a, a Bill Cosby sandwich <laughs> right now. <laughs> Um, I, there's, look, there's a couple things, but it's tough because some of them I don't like, like, I don't really like head cheese that much. And, and, and that's also kind of like a weird sounding gross one anyways. Um, for me, Nick, I think, I think the one that I like, like, like blood sausage is weird. Yeah. That sounds gross. Like blood blood sausage sausage. kind of sounds, and I like it. Yeah. I like blood sausage a lot, but the the name is kind of sounds kind of gross. I, I do they, that's a big UK dish, right? Yes. David. Yes, it is. I love oh, it. Black, you would know. They call it black pudding there often. If you you know they mix it up with some oatmeal, make it. So, it's really really mm. good. Classic Wait, why would David item. know about that? Is have we? This is the third time on this <laughs> podcast alone that you're trying this. <laughs> Rule of threes, baby. That's how comedy works. <laughs> Oh, I I feel like the you know what the one that always to me sounded like a, adjacent to like a rusty trombone is sloppy Joe. It's just like yeah, so yeah, like that. I always makes me feel a little like oh I like I like sloppy Joes, but it just and similarly manwich also just is like the loose meat inside a bun. The the names mm-hmm. for them I guess it looks gross, so they come up with gross sounding names. But I just don't I, I find the names I, unpleasant to say or hear aloud. Deviled eggs, you know, that's kind of scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't mind that. I'm not. I'm not afraid of the devil. You'll walk on the wild side. Yeah. <laughs> uh, man, man, which particularly grosses me out. It, it also it isn't a menu item, but it is. It's a restaurant name here in New York City. There is a place called the Big Booty Bread Co. Oh boy! Mm. And their logo is like a dude pulling bread out of the oven and sticking his tush in your face. Oh Ooh. my god. And it just always seemed like, don't make me think about anyone's butt while I'm eating bread. I don't care how handsome you know this man is. And he's a good looking man. Don't make me think what? about a tush. Millennials see that sign, they start licking their lips. <laughs> I think, you know, I'm, 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 I'm Googling some stuff, but like, yeah, I, I guess like oxtail does kind of sound weird. Tripe. I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of there's tripe a lot of is gross sounding. Yeah. Uh, there's the British, um, the the British meal, uh, toad in the hole, which is basically delicious. Oh it's yeah, like yes. sausages yeah. and batter, like you know, in like pastry batter. But uh, sounds bad. That's a great one. Yeah, yeah that sounds bad. One. I I will say I like I I can't I do like tripe in some contexts, but there's a there's a a honeycomb tripe, which is specifically refers to a cross section of it, and that combination of words I find repulsive for whatever reason. But uh, yeah. bangers, bangers and mash. Sounds like someone fucked your mashed potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, let us know what food what food names gross Nick, you out. Yeah, spotted dick. We didn't even say. Oh, yeah. oh spotted Another, dick. A classic. They, but that's just, that's also very funny. That's just like a funny thing to say. Uh, I think I think that we did we mentioned that as one of our funny names. Also, one of uh, our funny names. A rare isn't isn't rare bit like the uh, like bread with cheese on it basically. Welsh rare bit. I think that name sounds appetizing. I, I like think it's seeing cute that on a menu. But I that, think it's adorable. That name is a neg though. Rocky Mountain oysters are weird. I mean, but also they're not that delicious. Well, the thing with the Rocky Mountain oysters is like once you know what it is, that's what's gross about it. I don't think the name itself yeah. is inherently gross. 
I, um, I think, yeah, this is the, the, the line to walk is like what's something that you hear and you're just like maybe the food you even like, but just hearing the, the phrase you don't like. The last one I saw online here is Lady Fingers was another one. Hmm. I, th- I think that's fine. Nick, yeah, for you, yeah, there's... That's fine with me. <laughs> Weiger licked his lips when you said that. <laughs> Can I also just offer a quick uh, counter a counterpoint? You said that the Big Booty Bread Co. must be popular with millennials. I think it's too tame for them. I think if mm. they want that younger market, they should rename themselves the Rim Job Bread Company. <laughs> that would pull in the kids off the street. They need a shorter walk. And Weiger, before we wrap up, we need to find out what's better, Tombstone Pizza or the movie Tombstone. Uh, yes, let us know your, your food foods that gross us out. Uh, hashtag uh, crude food, dude. Um, and then we will decide. I'll render our verdict. Or do that. Or do that. Do we prefer Tombstone the movie or Tombstone the pizza? I think Tombstone the movie edges it out just slightly. I think I'd rather rewatch Tombstone the movie than eat Tombstone pizza tombstone the pizza assuming i had another food source uh i'd rather here's 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 the way i say it i would you rather eat a tombstone while watching another movie or rather eat something else while watching the movie tombstone i would choose to eat something else while watching the movie tombstone of those options what uh, do you guys think i will almost undoubtedly eat another tombstone within the next seven days (laughs) (laughs) and i'll be watching something else Uh, So that's my clear answer. I do think of it in the way that you guys usually try to frame things, which is like, how does Tombstone compare to other frozen pizzas? And how does Tombstone compare to other Westerns? Mm -hmm. And I think Tombstone the pizza is a little higher up on that relative scale within its its mm. genre than Tombstone the movie is. And and also, none of us got to try the garlic bread varietal, which to me sounds like the one thing that could push it over the edge into Possibly. the Platinum Plate Club without Cranch. They're getting yeah, like some assist from Cranch right now. Right. <laughs> Um, uh, David, what do you think? Yeah, I, I, I'm a professional film critic. I feel like I, I got to pick Tombstone <laughs> the movie uh, just, just to stick up for cinema, you know, in, in its hour of need. I do love, I enjoyed eating the frozen pizza. It was great. I liked it. I was very happy about it. But come on, come on, Tombstone the movie. Well, I'm an unprofessional frozen pizza critic <laughs> sticking up for my chosen art form at a time where it needs no help. All right, Spoonman, what do you think? Um, hmm. Tombstone, the movie, is not my Huckleberry. My Huckleberry <gasps> is Tombstone, the pizza. I go wow. pizza. Wow. Just narrowly beats out the movie. Um, though I like both. They're both good. They're both around. They're both almost equal. It's a weird thing we found out with the, the, these. this yeah. movie and the pizza right. are kind of on the same level. They're on the same level. I would level. agree with that. They're like enjoyable trash. They're like high level yeah. trash. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Wow, for for Mitch, Tombstone is down there at the creek, walking on water. In the words of Doc Holliday. <laughs> An even more famous line from the movie. <laughs> I wanted to say that line in the double, and I forgot. Uh, if you have a question or comment about the world of chain restaurants, you email us at doughboyspodcast at gmail.com, or leave us a voicemail at 830-GOTO. That's 830-463-6844. And to get the Doughboys double, where we do things like part one of Tombstone Week, our weekly bonus episode. Join the Golden or Platinum Play Club at patreon.com slash doughboys. David Sims, Griffin Newman. The podcast is blank check. Tell us about it and, and anything else you would like to promote at this time. 
Go ahead, Griffin. No, I'm taking it. Oh, boy. I, uh, it's a podcast. Well, we like to say it's a podcast about filmographies. It's uh, people who get yeah. blank check status because of a big hit and get to make whatever crazy things they want. So we pick a director and we go through all of their movies uh, one week, one episode at a time. Yeah. So right now we're doing George Miller, uh, which is a pretty wild career because he got four Mad Maxes. And then three talking animal movies, a oh, witch yeah. movie and a medical <laughs> drama. Um, and then on our Patreon, we do like commentaries of uh, franchises. And coming mm-hmm. up very soon, Weiger, we are covering a movie that both you and I have cited, uh, Gun to Our Heads, as perhaps our favorite movie of all time, Toy Story 2. Wow. Wow. That's huge. That's my go-to answer for my number one favorite movie. So I, wow. I felt a, a lot of pride when you said the same. Yeah, there's something about that second entry that really, it just like gets everything right. It's just a perfect movie. It's a perfect movie. Yeah. Um, wow, well, check that out. Check out Blank Check. And hey, that'll do it for this episode of Doughboys. Until next time, for the Spoon Round Mike Mitchell, I'm Nick Weiger. We'll see you next time on Doughboys Topical Freeze. Until then, happy eating. See ya. Buy some Cranch. <laughs> <laughs> On the next Doughboys Double, you've heard of stakeouts, but a steak in? Guest Cody Ziegler joins to discuss that special occasion sliced beef product we know and love. The stakes couldn't be higher or tastier. Get the Doughboys Double every Tuesday only at patreon.com slash doughboys. Sources for this week's intro are available in the episode description. That was a HeadGum Podcast.